Hey y'all, Richard Martin here. Uh, before we jump into this episode of Breakfast Time, the last episode of 2021, uh, just want to let y'all know there are going to be some inaccuracies, unfortunately, because South Carolina had some decommitments, and of course, Urban Meyer got fired by the Jags, which is wonderful news for me, horrible news for Waffa Titans fans. He wants nothing but misery for the Jacksonville Jags. But, um, you know, looking back, of course, we record this, you know, two days before release and things happen. So we apologize for any inaccuracies, but I hope you enjoyed this uh, three-hour-plus episode of Breakfast Time with Waffle and Richard. And we'll see you back in 2022 to get you all caught up on the NFL playoffs, some college football, the national championship in the playoff, and, of course, on everything going on with Clemson, South Carolina, and much more. So thank you all for listening. The following is a Bearded Broadcaster Productions podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Breakfast Time with Waffle and Richard. And Waffle, it's been an exciting week for our teams, an exciting week really around the college football, the sports landscape. Um, and it's been some crazy week with some stuff going on. But, Wap, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm excited to dive into all the news that we're going to talk about with NFL and some good games this past weekend. Um, and then, all, obviously, some stuff with um, specifically South Carolina that happened yesterday that I'm, I'm just excited to talk about it. I'm ready. Yeah, and we won't leave y'all waiting. We won't leave you waiting either. That's right. Big news coming out of the Palmetto State. I don't think you noticed this. BT Potter's coming back to Clemson. <laughs> That's the biggest news of the week in South yes. Carolina football. <laughs> for for the record, I did see that today. I, I did see that. Uh, yeah. Um, if you don't know, of course, the obvious, what we're talking about, um, the big-time recruitments Shane Beamer's gotten, a pair of four-star linebackers, but not just that. Got some offensive weapons, a tight end from Oklahoma, and, of course, the big get, Spencer Rattler, the guy who I picked to win the Heisman, I think, at the beginning of the year, yeah, uh, is transferring from Oklahoma to South Carolina. Of course, Shane Beamer was the assistant head coach at Oklahoma uh, before he came to South Carolina. And you know what, Waffle? You've seen it happen several times, several transfer quarterbacks. Like the two quarterbacks, two of the quarterbacks that played for South Carolina this year transfer quarterbacks. Right. Uh, but this this is a different kind of shark. And, you know, with the recruiting and the talent as well, uh, a lot of excitement coming out of Columbia. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, It's not a stretch to say that yesterday – well, okay, this is coming out on Thursday. We're recording on Tuesday. Monday, December yeah. 13th, is probably the best day that South Carolina football has had in over eight years. It's, it's not a stretch to say that. It's probably the most fan engagement and just collective – as a collective whole, the most positive that this program has been since 2012-2013. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, so it, it it just feels good, and obviously, like we talked about the big news, uh, we got two four star linebacker commits last week, uh, which were great. Uh, one out of Maryland, who we kind of we didn't really flip him as much as the other guy, but um, he was you know from Maryland. He was recruited hard by Maryland, and we took him from Maryland, uh, and so he's going to come out here and play. And then also Stone Blanton out of Mississippi 
who has been a hard Mississippi State baseball and football commit, mm-hmm. uh, shocked everybody and picked the Gamecocks and is leaving Mississippi to come to South Carolina, come to Columbia uh, to play football and also play baseball for Mark Kingston at South Carolina. So um, th- that that started off uh, this weekend or, or yesterday or Monday, and it little did I know that it was only going to get better. So late last night on Monday – um, you know, when when Spencer Rattler announced that he was transferring, there there was rumblings. Like there there was things yeah. that I saw. There was things that I thought because I mean we all know Beamer's connection with Oklahoma, um, and we all know that you know once Rattler entered the portal, that it could be a possibility. Um, and you know from the get go, I I never imagined it would happen because I think that, that's still just kind of the South Carolina thing in me, and you know just. That's the th- we we don't get transfers like that. Right, like the, right. You don't just get a transfer this caliber. The or the, of both of them, Stogner too. The tight end from Oklahoma is coming, um, and you know I kind of kind of let it ride. Didn't really hear anything yesterday. Stone Blanton commits or whatever, and you know Gamecock Twitter is kind of freaking out, and we're we're, we're we're in good spirits. First day of practice back, I think yesterday after the regular season ended, yeah. um, to get ready for the bowl game and. Uh, we got Shane Beamer's thing whenever a recruit commits, he tweets out, welcome home. And he tweeted out yesterday, welcome home three times. And we had already got Blanton, and there was two more. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> three. And late last night, the news broke that Spencer Rattler and Austin Stogner are going to uh, transfer from Oklahoma, and they're coming to South Carolina. And let me just start by saying this. He immediately comes in, and he's the best quarterback on the roster, Absolutely. hands down. 100%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we had to start a graduate assistant last year. <laughs> and then an FCS transfer, no shade to either of them. Mm-hmm. They had their moments. Mm-hmm. And Zeb Nolan single-handedly won the Vanderbilt game. Jason Brown trounced Florida. Like, those are two games that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. They were great games, good wins. Uh, and they were instrumental in getting Carolina to a bowl game in Beamer's first year. So, uh, no, no shade to either one of them. And I, uh, I appreciate them so much for what they did this year and getting, you know, starting off Beamer's time in Carolina, a good one. Yeah. Um, but Rattler comes in and it, it is a difference maker. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. Like, I, I have not – I felt really good when we hired Beamer last year. And then as the season went up and, you know, uh, people who listen to this show, every time I recap Carolina, like, we always made it a point to talk about, like, there's hope, there mm-hmm. is excitement, there's a lot of things that look great with Beamer compared to the last five years of Will Muschamp, a lot of things that are different. The, the culture has already um, made a great change, almost a complete 180, I would say, so far. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it, this is, it's massive. I, 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 I can't, I can't contain my excitement about how excited I am about Rattler coming in. I'm, I'm ready to, ready to watch it happen. Yeah. It's uh it's insane. Cause you know, I told you too, I said, the first thing you gotta do is get them to believe yep. that's all you can do. I mean, you're a first time head coach, younger mm-hmm. guy, you gotta get them to believe. And that's Shane Beamer did that this year, even though a six and six season got into yeah. a bowl game. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's just massive of its own. Like that, he should have been SC coach of the year just on that, getting into a bowl game. And now, uh, 
you know, sky's looking like the limit. And, you know, he, he, Muschamp got some of these recruits. Zach Pickens was certainly one of the best yeah. recruits. He didn't know how to use yeah. them. I'm I'm about nine percent sure the Shane Beamer is going to know how to use these guys. Yeah, well that that, that was always Muschamp's thing that I always pointed out. I thought Muschamp was a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, now I would say Beamer even through one year is just as good, if not better. Yeah. Um. And but Muschamp was a good recruiter, but when they got there, didn't we, know what to do. he he didn't know what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, heck, we we'll take it. Jalen Foster again. We always going to bring him up. He's our yeah, he's our player. Went from walk on yeah. at Gardner Webb to yeah. transferring and is all SEC. Yeah, like, and uh, an all American. All American led the country in interceptions at one point. Like, even yeah. those kind of kids who maybe didn't look like they were going to be the greatest. Now, Jalen Foster, of course, was Big South Defensive Player of the Year, was one of the best mm-hmm. players in Big South. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but when you take a right. guy like that, you take him and you finally get him the right person and he molds you into all American and all SEC. Yeah, in the best conference in the country. Yeah. To do that, that's incredible. So, you know, Shane yeah. Beamer, I would be very excited. I know there are criticisms of, Sh- of Spencer Rattler. He didn't look great his first year. Mm-hmm. He didn't look great last year. He got benched, of course, this past year. I am intrigued to see what he does against the SEC defensive line because Big 12 defenses aren't stereotypically great. You have Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Iowa State, usually among the ones that have yeah. consistently good defenses. But Spencer Rattler, I think, is still a playmaker. He can still yeah. make those plays if you need him to. Yeah, and I think, I think so just, as well. I think, I think it was just an environment type deal. I don't know if it was the right fit, Oklahoma. Maybe not. Maybe it's someone we don't know about him. You know. Here, here's my thing. Does Rattler coming in make us SEC SEC East champs? Absolutely not. No. But it starts th- a movement. Th- this is how it starts. Mm-hmm. You have to start somewhere. Yep. And we are not going to get back to having the caliber of talent that we had from the years of 2010 to 2013 without starting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll bring this up. Clemson didn't start with the Taj boys and the Sean Watson. This started with C.J. Spiller coming in. Right. And that was a slow build mm-hmm. to where they are now. I'm not saying – no, South I could be in for this slow build to being up toward Clemson's level. That's what they want to be, and I think Shane Beamer's talented enough to get them to that level. Yeah. But you got to start with something. Getting these four guys right now is huge mm-hmm. for him. But also, Wop, if you look at the schedule for next year, it's a lot easier than last year. Yes, it is. You it get is. four – road. excuse me, one, two, three. Yeah, four road games. Yeah. Are the t- now, those are your toughest games. One of them is Vanderbilt. Yeah, everybody else is at home, and your non-conference besides Clemson's Georgia State, Charlotte, and SC State, right? And your toughest game out of that is Georgia State, who just got to a bowl game. Yeah, so and it's it's looking favorable. Yeah, it's been a lot favorable. It's still going to be a grind. It's still going to be a challenge. Yes. At the SEC is the toughest conference of all yeah. time, but the, still, there's a lot of favorable matchups for you. Yeah. Too. The process is far from over. It's still going to be, you know, it's going to take time to get to the level that we want to be, which is obviously, uh, well, and and you know, I, there's nothing. Who who else can I compare it to than other than the team from the upstate, the 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 team closest to home to us? Mm -hmm. That 
their standard is the standard that Carolina wants yeah. to get to. Like this and is that's a just the bottom year. line. This was a bad year for Clemson. They went nine and three and were ranked number eighteen in the country. Like right, like that's I a, would you know I would year. kill for that. Yeah, like <laughs> so you know, but it, obviously the standard would be to reach a level like Clemson uh, or Alabama, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I building blocks. It's mm-hmm. it, it's got to start somewhere. It starts here. Who knows how this can affect the rest of recruiting. Now you might have people who haven't recruited, who haven't committed yet, and now you're looking at a team who goes from their quarterbacks coming. Their quarterback coming back from last year was, you know, a guy like Jason Brown who did fine, but mm-hmm. like now you're going from him to you're going to a guy who was a was a preseason Heisman favorite, all the talent in the world, a five star recruit. Like you're completely flipping the script yeah. there. And I know, I, like I've gotten, you know, I've read comments everywhere from. God knows who, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Carolina fans are freaking out. Carolina fans are having a great time. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people wanting to come in there and, you know, they want to say the thing like, okay, well, he, he was a backup at Oklahoma. You're really excited about this? Yes, obviously. Are you stupid? He like, was good enough to be picked by Oklahoma. Like, yes. Like, that's, that's a good get. Like, I have an argument going back, like saying, like, I, I will argue the fact that, I mean, he's a preseason, he was a preseason Heisman mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And now he's at South Carolina. That that does not happen. Exactly. Does that mean he is going to win the Heisman? Am I saying that? Absolutely not. None of this can work out. Mm-hmm. It can all implode. Obviously, I don't want that to happen, but it, it could. Nobody knows what's going to go on, but mm-hmm. it, it's all about where it starts. Exactly. And having him who back there, who now the offense, obviously Carolina's got more issues to worry about than mm-hmm. just a quarterback. I mean, if we if our offensive line can't pick up the play and you know be better then he's going to be running for his life. Now, he can run for his life better than Jason Brown and Zeb Nolan. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think he'll he'll give us plenty of chances. But now you bring him in, you have the running backs coming back next year in uh, Juju McDowell, the freshman, and possibly Kevin Harris if he doesn't declare for the draft. Um, and you're going to have Josh Van back here if he doesn't declare for the draft. You're, and we got a, possibly another wide receiver commit I've been hearing about. You got a, You have a big-time tight end. We haven't even talked about Stogner. Mm-hmm. He was Oklahoma's number one option or, or as far as tight ends go. And you're bringing a threat like him in after we haven't really had a tight end presence since Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no no slander to Nick Muse, but, I mean, he just – Nick Muse was not as – He wasn't your option. He, he wasn't like – He was not option. utilized and done – he did not do as good as, you know, mm-hmm. everybody thought he was going to do. Yeah. But, I mean, there's weapons there. And, you know, even how with this offensive line being bad, there were times where Carolina could run you to death still because we mm-hmm. knew how good that backfield was. And on the defensive side of the ball, they've been fantastic with the players that were already here. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously losing, you know, somebody like Jalen Foster is going to hurt, but bringing back guys like Cam Smith – uh, and losing losing Enigbari too on the edge, but you know, still bringing back those guys and Clayton White, our defensive coordinator, has been great, and I'm yeah. excited to keep him on and you know have him here for years. But like it, it, it starts somewhere, and Rattler has talent. He's going to bring a whole new element to Carolina's offense. And the people saying that there was locker room issues and all kinds of stuff, I trust Shane Beamer. Mm-hmm. And Shane said it himself, guys who want to be here are going to be here. Basically, the right people 
are who we're bringing in. We're not trying to bring in somebody that's going to be detrimental to the team. And I trust him. If he trusts Spencer Rattler, then I trust Spencer Rattler. Who, who am I to say? I'm not the head coach. It's not up to me anyway. Exactly. But it it, it starts somewhere, and it and it starts here. And I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, a lot of excitement for sure in Columbia. Um, a lot going on in the off season for the two major football teams, South Carolina. Uh, up the road in Clemson, we'll go ahead and talk about that. First of all, a bunch of transfers out at Clemson, which usually happens. Uh, Tyson Pomachuk, probably the biggest one. He was the backup quarterback, played some this year. I uh, figured with Cade Klubnick coming in next year, who may be a starter, you don't know, between him yeah. and DJ Uyungle, Um, I think Tyson kind of saw the writing on the wall and probably wanted to head back closer to home as well. He's from Connecticut. Um, mm-hmm. you know, gr- He had some great times at Clemson, so – uh, no hate to him. Joe is Joe transferring out, um, which is kind of a danger. He was a tall uh, wide receiver to have. Frank Ladson also transferring out. Those are your three big ones for Clemson. So that'll be interesting to see. Of course, Clemson always just reloads wide receivers. They kind of signed, of course, uh, Williams from Dutch Fork uh, yeah. earlier this week. Um, they signed they signed another player from Malden that plays safety and wide receivers. So they could play. Uh, they can figure out what they want to do with him. Yeah. But uh, you're going into this bowl game, though. You have no offensive coordinator, or you didn't until today's recording. But uh, Tony Elliott gets the job at Virginia as the head coach and kind of went back and forth. He interviewed between Duke and Virginia. He went up there and it was like, okay, this is a done deal. And it was like, well, not quite, because apparently Virginia's got some budgetary issues and he was wanting to put together a staff. And they're like, well, you kind of can't have this person or this person or this person. Yeah, but he talked it over, looked it over his family, and decided he can go ahead. He would go ahead and take it, and he is now offensive coordinator. A uh, big thing for him, Brennan Armstrong has said that he wants to stay at Virginia for one more year. Yeah, so that's that's big. That's a big thing for him because he can sling the football. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, like listen, you can rag on Tony Elliott a lot. He was, but he was a solid offensive coordinator at times. I think. I think just this year. I think he figured a, it out. I th- yeah, and they figured I, I, it out I think toward he the figured end. It out. They had to change that entire offense yeah. toward the end of the year. Because, I mean, if you watch South Carolina, they figured, what, nine times? Maybe? Or for I think he times? had he, 19. He had nine completions. Right. Nine completions. What, nine of 19? So they figured out, like, okay, we can't throw it that well. I can't throw it as much. We're just going to mm-hmm. pound it. Yeah. And that worked. Yeah. And, that obviously, it, it's so crazy to me. You know, three weeks into the season, I think everybody wanted his head, mm-hmm. and now he's accepting a head coaching yeah. job. I, I think I, I think he figured it out, and we we knew all season that the schedule was going to you know lighten up, especially after facing you know what ended up being the best defense in the country in week one. Yeah. Um, but then still not being able to figure it out against teams yeah. like Georgia Tech, and just not being able to move yeah. the ball. Yeah. Uh, but then by the end of the year, I mean, you know. Uh, beating Carolina 30 to nothing and, you know, putting up all those points on Wake Forest. Like, mm-hmm. they, he figured it out. Yeah. And I think, you know, plus 20-plus injuries in the season. Yeah. Most of them only there, there were a lot. Like, I didn't know who half the wide receivers were out there for yeah, Clemson. Right. And so, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. To get to nine and three like that, heck of a job by Tony Elliott. I think that's his best job, and that's probably what got him the job. Yeah. Because they saw that. And so – uh, good for him. Again, he's going to a place that's been very good on offense for the past few mm-hmm. years with Armstrong. Yep. I'm interested to see who gets his defensive coordinator, though, because that's yes. the big issue for Virginia. Is yeah, they defense. need that. Because, like that's... I said all year, I, w- I would never bet against them because I think they can outscore anybody, but God, they couldn't stop nobody. Almost yeah. as bad as Wake Forest. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia's defense was awful. That's the reason they didn't, they weren't in the ACC championship game because Kenny Pickett, it will hit Jordan Addison on one final play. 
Yep. That's what dropped him. But uh yeah, I'm very happy for Tony Elliott. Um he came in as run coordinator, of course, after Jeff Scott. He's been there for forever. He played Tony Elliott was a player there, and he actually it's kind of funny. He scored the game winning touchdown against Virginia in two thousand three in overtime. I was at that game. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, my God, I feel so old now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people are like, oh, we're all old. Um, but uh, good for him getting that job and a heck of a good job. He got to meet Tony Bennett. So Tony met Tony today, um, which is nice. pretty wild to see that. And so if you're wondering, all right, what's Clemson going to do? No OC, no DC, no AD either. Dan Rakovich going down to Miami. Uh, just announced this when we recorded on December 14th. Clemson has promoted Brandon Streeter to offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback coach. And then uh, they have promoted, and this is a name that I've heard a lot, Wes Goodwin. Got, uh, Goodwin, excuse me. Mm-hmm. He was the senior defensive assistant to defensive coordinator. So he was right next to Venables, is now the co-defensive coordinator for safeties. Uh, co- for safeties coach, um, Mickey Kahn. So he will be basically the defensive coordinator. As of right now, Mickey Kahn's going to work as well with them as he is the safeties coach. It's kind of like a split role that uh, Clemson had with Jeff with Brandon Streeter and uh, Tony Elliott for years. Yeah. They say this kid's a genius. Uh, this is his 10th season with overall season at Clemson. I'll just give you some of his stuff. He was a defensive analyst from 2012 to 2014, right when Venables got there. And then he worked with the Arizona Cardinals when Bruce Arians first got there, and that includes the uh, year in 2015 when the Cardinals reached the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So Bruce Arians, to work with him, I feel like you have to know what you're doing. Yeah, Arians um, is a good a good track record for sure. Ex- exactly. So and a lot of the, a lot of the former team players were saying, hey, this kid's good, just promote him. Mm-hmm. So now I think they're doing this to kind of see, all right, you got Iowa State. You got Brees Hall, who's a good running back. Brock Purdy, who's a good quarterback. Yep. See what you can do. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the Cheez-It Bowl, a lot of people can say, oh, this game doesn't matter, all this stuff. This game matters a lot for Wes Goodwin, I think. And I think this yeah. is going to kind of solidify if, you know, all right, see what you can do. And the same for uh, Brandon Streeter, who's been quarterback's coach for a while. And, listen, he got to work with – uh. He worked with Deshaun Watson, worked with Trevor Lawrence, and he worked with DJ Uyangale, who, again, this year, not a great year, but still solid season. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think there's a, this is going to be a big tryout game is what you're going to see in the Cheez-It Bowl. Interesting to see what happens there and see if you know, this is the next guy. So uh, interesting hires, but I think I like it that they're staying in-house for this. Yeah. Are these uh, – I, I was I'm a tad confused. Uh, uh, just are, are they permanent or are these interims for just a bowl game? It looks like it says these are staff changes finalized by the Clemson University Board of Trustees. So I believe this is it. Okay. Well, it, it, either way, I think my answer was the same. I think that that's that, that that's the right call, especially on defense. Yeah. Um, because obviously the culture and you know the, the system that Venables had there for years was. Uh, proven great and mm-hmm. it, they had a they've had a great defense for what six seven years now yeah um and, and <clears throat> so i i think good call there and then like i like you said i have heard a lot about um west who's going to be coming in uh or taking that role um as far as offense i feel like that's the one that you you could have branched mm-hmm. out 
Yeah. Um, and you and you could have hired somebody else, but hiring from within is also fine. I mean, you you're gonna keep somebody in there who's been around the team already for a couple of years, and then you know. I, it's, it's never a bad decision to keep somebody that's familiar with the program and the players. So, right, right, yeah. So, um, Mickey Khan, I read that wrong. Mickey Khan's going to be co-defensive coordinator. Um, is Mickey Khan? He's the safeties coach. He's been there for a while. Interesting to see there what happens there. But still, yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's kind of an interesting situation for Clemson too because Clemson were at the same point, I believe, back in a. 2011, 2012, when they when Terry Don Phillips had to retire because of uh, health conditions as the AD, uh, Kevin Steele got fired because mm-hmm. uh, his defense was horrible, um, <laughs> and then offense coordinator uh, Billy Napier got fired. Yeah, um, and so they went into that bowl game. I believe I was against Nebraska with no OC, no DC, no AD. They ended up losing the Gator Bowl, but the next year you get Venables. Next year you get Jeff Scott, mm-hmm. and it just took off. From there now, of course, you got Taj Boyd finally developed. Sammy, you have Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, my God, you just throw the ball up, one of them's going to grab it. Right. Um, but that's kind of started the whole thing. So you know, could be you know another home run move. If they can yike right now. You got Clay Clubnick coming in mm-hmm. as a big time quarterback recruit, and that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Of course, with uh, him and DJ Uyungale, if they're like, all right, let's. Move DJ aside and let's get in Kate or let's see what happens there. Yeah. I have one thing that I've seen on Twitter, and this was um there's a, a page that I follow on Twitter, Twitter that's called like message board something. It's just like yeah. you know, stupid message board yeah, posts yeah. from all across the country and blah blah blah. Somebody put up one that it, it was from the big spur. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how much I, I don't know how much weight this carries or how true yeah. it is, if at all. Um, but somebody in there talking about was asking about DJ and about him transferring. And if he did, and somebody put in there on the big spur said that he did try to transfer transfer, but it was shot down. I, I don't, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but that, that would be interesting to find out if it, if it was something like that, because, you know, obviously he had a up and down year and it Mm -hmm. didn't live up much like Rattler and, you know, our other Heisman picks, um, yeah. <laughs> he, he was preseason husband and it just it didn't work out. Now is he yeah. basically is he a bad player? No, yeah. uh, we, we, we know that this year too. Like, yeah. and we know that you know how talented he is and people like Rattler and even Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it just didn't work out. But that would be interesting to see come to fruition. Yeah. And we I think we all kind of know Dabo's feelings on the transfer portal. He's not um, as keen on it as you know other coaches. Now there is one interesting thing. And I have to figure out who it is. But Clemson has contacted um, a player in the transfer portal. Uh, Virginia offensive lineman, uh, I believe it was Joe Bissinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clemson needs some offensive line help. They're banged up this year. This guy was all ACC, and everybody was kind of like, when he said he was transferring from Virginia, it was like, Clemson, just, just go reach out. And it was kind of like, oh, they will never do it. Clemson doesn't do the transfer portal. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they've contacted him. So, I don't know if that means they're kind of realizing that, hey, we, we got to use this thing. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think, you know, to have a stance where you're not going to use it, I think is dumb. Because mm-hmm. – and, and you can think whatever you want to think. Like, it doesn't matter. And I'm not the head coach. And, obviously, Devos had yeah. great success. Um, but 
you know, it, that's just the way it's going. And like, exactly. you know, you, you can hate the transfer portal all you want. Um, and you, you can say what you want about whether it's an issue, like if you have an issue with the player, quote unquote, quitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's there, they're going to use it. And you just, it's just one of those things you have to embrace, whether you like it or not. Like it's here and it's going to happen. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's worked, not worked. Comes out had to use it because I've gotten so many good recruits. But right, if that well starts drying up, you may have to go to it. So, and it's kind of dried up on the offensive line a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you can go out and get yourself an all ACC offensive lineman. Go right ahead. Is what yeah. I say. Um, it's not like it's morally wrong or anything. Yeah, I mean, exactly. God, everybody does it. Yeah, so. like like there are kids who are out there who probably did just quit or just like, oh, I need to start wherever I go. But there's also kids out there who just kind of got shafted you know like got told oh we're not recruiting this kid and they recruit a kid that's better than yeah or and and, you know i you know i really wouldn't blame dj if he did Mm -hmm. want to transfer because like you said you have the five star coming in now if there was maybe another quarterback that had played like palma what not palma chuck because he's not that good if if palma chuck would have looked a lot better yeah in in his appearances yeah. Then it would have made a little bit more sense because I, I think DJ's more than prepared to compete with um uh the kid coming in. What's his last name? Uh Klubnik. Klubnik. Sorry, I want to say Klubnik. I, I keep it might be Klubnik. I'm not I keep, sure. I, I keep thinking of Cole Cole Kublik, the uh, <laughs> on field reporter on ESPN. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, w- with him coming in, like so, it wouldn't really surprise me to see if he did try to transfer yeah. because it, it happens like that, it, like Spencer Rattler. So one thing goes wrong. A backup gets in there, shows that he's got promise. Okay, we're going with him. Like, I completely understand why mm-hmm. Rattler's transferring. And DJ, kind of the same way. Like, you got this kid coming in. Okay, you, you know, it, 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 if it would have been a little bit worse and the writing had been on the wall, yeah, go. Like, yeah. go play. You're good enough to play somewhere else for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm no fault of that at all um, yeah. or any of that. Um, so yeah, the interesting times here, Clemson, South Carolina. You know, I think a lot of people for Clemson sports writers, especially, like, oh, this will be a quiet off season. They're not in the playoff. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, for that, uh, it's an interesting to see going on. Um, also, just want to give a shout out here since we're talking Clemson. Uh, Clemson men's soccer wins the national championship this weekend. Uh, they were the eight seed, and they had a kind of an up and down year. Went to the AC uh, semifinals and lost to Duke pretty bad. And so it was like, okay, well, we'll see what can happen. Make a run. I think all of their games in the tournament went to OT, except for the championship. <laughs> um, and they end up beating Notre Dame in penalty kicks and then end up winning the championship over Washington, the two seed, 2 0, thanks to two goals by Isaiah Reed, one the 26 seconds in. Uh, a kid from Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is wild to think about a kid from South Carolina scoring a goal in men's soccer to win a championship for somebody um scored two goals i had an incredible header later on in the half one two nil so i just want to get that shout out to to the clemson men's soccer team so talk to me when you win an equestrian title <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding uh yeah props to clemson they, they had a really good run and like historically they've been they have been really good in yeah in soccer back in the day so you know mm-hmm. i guess it's nice to see them you know kind of Getting back to the top. Yeah, I believe it was that first title in 24 years, I believe. I think 87 was the last title. Yeah. So, for them, Mike Noonan, um, who's been there for forever, kind of got them back to national elements. They went to the title game in 2015 and lost to Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of getting them back there this year was really cool. 
to see and win it for him. So good, good for them. Um, but we'll move on. We'll go back to American football and we'll go to the pro level NFL and waffle star review. Cause I don't want to talk about my sadness yet, but we'll talk about your elation Titans back. And uh, they're taking on the Jags who have no problems at all. They're everything's fine. And mm-hmm. looks great. I'm a lifelong contract for urban. Please. I know they're doing great. Doing great. Urban Meyer deserves everything coming to him and they uh yes. titans whoop down the jags 20 to nothing a shutout inside nissan stadium off take it away yeah man i was i was excited a, a week off for the titans a much needed week off that we've talked about a lot because of all the injuries and everything so um i was excited to get back to watching titan football um coming into this game eight and four still a game and a half over the colts colts were off this week so titans with the win move back to two games up on the Colts and have the tiebreaker. So the magic number is officially down to two. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we talk about what's coming up this week. Um, but yeah, Tennessee, d- d- the defensive effort was unreal. Um, now, obviously Jacksonville is two and 10 coming in this game. We, we know Jacksonville is not good. We also obviously know that Trevor Lawrence is talented um, and, he is being held back by an incompetent staff. But according to Urban Meyer, it's not him. All the other guys are losers. That, <laughs> that's so stupid. Oh my God. That is so you hired why, them. Why would you say that? You hired them. <laughs> why would you say that? Why would you dance on a rant with a random girl in a bar? And why why do you do a lot of here's, things? Here's the thing, Urban. Why did you feign heart or <laughs> chest pains? There's so many things. Urban, the Notre Dame job's full. The USC job's full. Oklahoma job's full. There ain't nowhere for you to go, boy. There's nowhere for you to go, and you should be canned. I want to keep you forever. And even Shad Khan is just like, I, I think they're, they're, they're talking about bringing him back for next year. I'm just like, please, God. Just, just, just stick that man on AEW and put him through a table, please. That's, a, that's what you need to do to him, man. <laughs> and, you, and you know my stance on the Jaguars. I hate – the Jaguars are my number one most hated team mm-hmm. in the NFL. I don't think anybody else says that other than maybe some <laughs> Titan fans. Uh, just because they, they've never really been good. Uh, of course, you could say you know the, the same thing about Tennessee for, right. for for the majority until the last you know five six years, which this also marks six straight winning seasons for the Tennessee Titans, which has been phenomenal. Now a lot of those were nine and sevens, but it's still a winning season, and it was you know part of changing the culture going from uh, two and fourteen, three and thirteen in Marcus Mariota's first year, and then we've had we haven't had a losing season since, mm-hmm. but. Um, this is this is a great game. Titans defensive domination. They sacked Lawrence three times and picked him off four times. Trevor Lawrence had no touchdowns, had 221 yards, um, and the, the running game. What running game? Yeah. Uh, Tennessee held Jacksonville to eight yards rushing. Uh, just fantastic effort, and it was it was great. Ryan Tannehill, 20 of 31, 191 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. People are people have said and people are still going to try to crap on Ryan Tannehill. But listen, Tennessee has been hurt. We know that. Now Tennessee did get Julio Jones back uh and a couple other guys back. Um uh Jeff Swaim, our number one tight end, which the Titans tight ends have been abysmal this year. That's another conversation uh for a different day. But uh and, and got some pieces back. And Tennessee 
had after watching this game, Tennessee had no intentions of doing anything flashy mm-hmm. because Tennessee knew, and especially from early on, that Tennessee yeah. had only had to do the bare minimum mm-hmm. against this Jacksonville team, and that's just the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, so Ryan Tannehill didn't have to do anything flashy. They didn't force any balls. He didn't throw anything really deep. Um, you know, limiting the turnovers, which what what's killed the Titans in that two-game losing streak? Turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we, we ran the ball, you know, decent, not great. Deontay Foreman had 47 yards. Uh, Hillier didn't really do anything. He had 13 yards. McNichols had 16. Um, Jeff Swaim, who's a uh, all offseason uh, blocking tight end, he's our leading <laughs> receiver. It's called the tight ends, which is uh, says a lot about Anthony Ferkser, which I'm still upset about. But, yeah. You know, the, the Titans offense did what they had to do to win the game, and that was not a lot, which is great because the defense played lights out. Kevin Byard is still ha- is having an all-pro season. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, okay, hold on. He, he's having a Pro Bowl season. Here, Here's my take, and I obviously I'm a Titans homer. Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line deserves mm-hmm. to be all-pro on the same level as Aaron Donald for what he has done for Tennessee this year, and I'm going to stop right there. Fight me. <laughs> um, but great win for Tennessee. You love get, watching the boys play again. Uh, and yeah, nine and four, uh, going to Pittsburgh next week, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But yeah, good win for Tennessee. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, this game, I feel like you know, watching on the resident didn't show it a lot because it wasn't a lot of scoring, of course. Yeah, but um, going on. Was, I mean, it was, it was boring. Yeah, it was boring uh, I, to a certain extent. Man, I hate it so much for Trevor Lawrence because he is just he's stuck. And he you know, you, and you know, I do too. I, I do too because I know how talented he is. Mm-hmm. And I know that he has the stereotypical quarterback build. He's tall. We know he can throw. He can actually run too. And mm-hmm. we, we know how talented he is. And I know that he can win in this league. Oh, yeah. He has but shown Jack- the flashes of brilliance. Jacksonville when he is a death sentence. Exactly. There was, and there's no other way to put it. And that's not even me just being a Jags hater, which I am. I hate them. But it's a death sentence right now until they figure out the front office. And Urban Meyer is not the answer. The most telling thing of Urban Meyer was Andre Sisco, linebacker of the draft of the Syracuse. Guy they've been wanting, everybody's been wanting to use more because guy was great at the ACC. They asked him, they're like, oh, what about uh, Sisco's lack of usage? And me, a person, he's like, Oh, well, no, he played pretty well today. He got a lot of playing time today. He played zero snaps. Yeah. Your head coach doesn't know how much long your star rookie linebacker doesn't play. Right. Right. And and, and the whole James, the whole James Robinson thing. Exactly. With him with him fumbling and getting benched, which is whatever, and Urban yeah. showing obvious favoritism to Carlos Hyde, who is way past his prime, but played mm-hmm. for Urban at Ohio mm-hmm. State. Yeah, uh, and James Robinson is is the best running back on their roster, mm-hmm. and he still only got six carries. They only ran the ball eight times, yep. and it it's not like Tennessee was ever really blowing them out until mm-hmm. the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's like Jacksonville was a lot of times always a score away, and it's not like they had to force Trevor Lawrence to throw forty balls. They didn't need to do that. They mm-hmm. needed to run James Robinson more, even though the offensive line didn't look great. Yeah, that they need to give him chances because at the at the at this point in time with Trevor Lawrence, their best playmaker is James Robinson, mm-hmm. and they All are right. not using him. Exactly, it's the dumbest thing ever. You know, 
again, I hate it because I love Trisley and Trevor Lawrence, Crowley Guru and Clemson. Mm-hmm. But man, it's just it is so frustrating. Even if they like you said, you're a Jags hater is the most frustrating thing to watch. And the Jags mm. are going to do something stupid probably and keep a Meyer. And you know, good for the entire AFC and the AFC South, except for the Bills, because the Bills can't beat them apparently for oh, some reason. God. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um one, one more thing I want to say. They the commentators for this game were Spiro Didius and Jay Feely. Mm-hmm. Um Two two good ones. Yeah. I, I enjoy them. Spiro does great basketball too. Um, but Jay Feely, early in the game when Jacksonville had the ball, said that Jacksonville is going to look to target Christian Fulton. The Titans were without Janoris Jenkins, yeah, who is the starting corner. The other starting corner is Christian Fulton, and then the other two guys that we were starting were Greg Maben and Buster Screen. Can you tell me who either of them are? No clue. Right. And you want to target Christian Fulton. <laughs> and, you know, people, Titans Twitter and, and myself, whenever Jay Feely said that, I said, huh? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Hey, do, do you do you see these other two guys on the other side? Who? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and people on Twitter were like, what? what? Jay Feely's an idiot. Like, <laughs> screw this guy. And Jay Feely put out a tweet and said, do not shoot the messenger. This is what Trevor Lawrence told me in our meeting. Okay. Now that brings a whole different level into it. It's no secret that Janoris Jenkins wasn't going to play. And it's not like we have Caleb Farley, our number one draft pick. He tore his ACL. Who else is it going to be? So like they, they knew that Fulton was playing and it was going to be these other two guys. And yet still in their preparations, they told Trevor Lawrence that we're going to try to attack Christian Fulton, who has, who has won our best corner on Sunday and two, been really good since he yeah. got healthy and came back from injury, and he's living up to his uh, uh, we drafted him in the second round, he's, he's living up to it, and that just that, that just says even more about Urban and the staff. So, yeah, this they got maybe, they, maybe they are losers, <laughs> I guess so. Maybe they really are. Maybe they are. Uh, all right, um, are you ready now to talk about your bills? I'm never going to be ready to talk about this game, but sure, might as well. Yeah, I uh, – all right, take it away. Bills, Bills, Buccaneers, this game went to overtime. It – you know, at, at one point, it didn't look like it was going to reach that. So, there is uh, – if you want to take a positive, I guess there's one. Uh, but Buccaneers ultimately prevail 33-27 in overtime. Tom Brady does it again to the Bills fans. It's in a different uniform. Richard, go ahead. So, yeah, um, this game was – uh. Now, a week after playing the Patriots on Monday Night Football, it's another nationally televised game for the Bills. Bills have been struggling recently. and But you know what? You got a nationally televised game. You got a chance to prove everybody, hey, we know what we're doing. We're still a good team. We're still in line to win, to get a playoff spot and show that we're a good team still. And then the first half happened, and the Bucks go up. 24 to 3 at halftime. And Tom Brady is still good. And I hate that with every fiber of my being. I hate saying that. Every fiber of my being. But that's what happened. And so I, being a pessimist, knowing how to handle my mental health, mm-hmm. I watch a movie. <laughs> I turned on something completely different. For the record, uh, I can't do that. 
I don't know how to handle my mental health because I will. I'm a South Carolina fan, and a Tennessee Titans fan. I will watch this game until my eyes bleed, and I'll still watch it. Continue. See, so, but I'm like, I'm going to keep my phone on for updates. Sitting there for a while, I'm watching this movie. I see it's 24 10. All right. Yeah, score. Then I see it's 24 10 going to the four. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a chance. YouTube TV is a great thing where you can catch up on key play. So I do that real quick. Get back up. It's 27 10. So I'm like, okay, well, still kind of outreach, but there's a chance. And then Josh Allen shows why they drafted him in the first round. Because he hits Dawson Knox on a 15-yard pass, 27-17. Okay, you're looking great. Defense gets a big-time stop. And then Josh Allen connects with Gabe Davis, leads another quick drive. It's, it's a three-point game. And then you're thinking, okay, you can't let Tom Brady do what he usually does. Gets a big-time drive to ice the game or a big-time drive to win it. Matt Milano who's been hurt all year, has been kind of quiet this year, comes flying in and sacks Tom Brady. The Bills get the ball about two and a half-ish minutes left. They work their way down the field, and they have big plays by Beasley, big plays by uh, Dawson Knox, and Josh Allen has the run of his life, and he was this close. Yes, he was. To being either out the one or a touchdown. It was a bang-bang play, but – he steps out of bounds and brings up third and two at about the 15-yard line. Good call on the field because I thought live he was still in. And I was like, oh, my God, y'all just stole a touchdown. Then they did it on the next play. Stephon Diggs, I will say this. I'm not going to blame officiating for this loss because I have other things I have to blame for this loss. Right. Diggs was getting held a lot in this game. And rightfully so, because he's the best receiver on the field for the Bills. Seven, he still had seven catches for 74 yards. At the very end, it's a bang-bang. Now, this one was close. This one, I'll say, was close. He's going up for a pass. There's a little hand fighting. And the ball's kind of high anyway. Incomplete. But you still have Tyler Bass. Straight Bass, homie. 25-yard field goal. Tied up. The Bucks decided to take a knee. I was waiting for Gronk to catch like an 89-yard pass, one-handed <laughs> from Tom Brady to with two yeah. seconds left because that's what Tom Brady does. But he would get his chance. So you get to the coin toss, and you know what you want to do with the coin toss another time in the NFL? You want to get the ball first. Mm-hmm. Bills get it first. Looking great. The Bills go three and out because – there was some interesting play calling. First of all, the rushing game had not been doing great all day. The leading rusher was Josh Allen with 109 yards. Now, Devin Singletary did have 52 yards on four carries, but he got most of that on one run. And then Matt Breida had just three carries for 12 yards. I don't know what's happened to Matt Breida. He has disappeared in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was frustrating again, but at least Josh Allen, they used him to run, and he was able to run around and get something going. So the Bucs get the ball. Bucks have a third and long. It's a chance you get another stop. And they call pass interference on the Bills on Jordan Poyer. Was it close? 
kind of. Was it as bad as the ones on Diggs all game? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody's going to say Tom Brady gets all the calls for refs. I've been the one that said that, too. That was obviously a BS call. And you can't call it at that point when you haven't called anything on Diggs. There's a clip of Diggs getting literally held by his undershirt. Yeah. No call. But, again, Bills have a third and three. They could get a stop. Tom Brady's got to look. Nobody's open. Nobody's open. And then for one second, Rashad Perriman gets open across the middle, catches at the 50, and he runs 58 yards for a touchdown game over. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is what happens when your best corner's out. Trey White's the best coverage corner. Every other corner's pretty good. Jordan Poyer can cover people, I think. Mm-hmm. Micah Hyde can cover people. Trey White's the best cover. Your linebackers can't cover. That was the problem last year. Yeah. Everybody was just sling it in the middle. So, like, okay, we can't throw it toward Trey Wright. We're going to throw it right at Matt Milano. And I believe Tremaine Edmonds was on Perriman at one point. And guess who's five yards behind him when he catches his ball? Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. So, it's great play design. It finally got – Perriman finally got open. I hate it. I Like I told you, life is meaningless. Everybody go eat at Arby's. <laughs> He can't keep getting away with this, Waff. The yeah. man's going to play till he's 59 years old, going to yes. win eight more rings with every other team in the country, in the NFL. Yeah. He's going to be throwing passes to his son. Yeah. And he's still going to beat the Bills. He is 30-3 and three against the Bills. He is – Josh Allen's 0-4. This man moved conferences. And a 17-point comeback. Nope, doesn't matter. Yeah. But the thing I don't get, Sean, the coaching this year on the offense has been questionable. And I think it's coming to a head because in the third quarter, when it's 24-10, there's about two minutes left. The Bills are in positive territory. It's fourth and short. And they punt it away. <clears throat> And that sets up that Ryan suck-up field goal. I mean, it's 27-10. If that doesn't happen, let's say the Bills get that and at least score a field goal, you're set up for a game-winning field goal at the end. Yeah. And that's just coaching scared. And somebody said it best. Sean McDonough – I mean, uh, not Sean McDonough. (laughs) Sean McDermott. (laughs) Sean McDonough is coaching our team. I have several questions. But Sean McDermott. (laughs) All-time lead tackle is your (laughs) chase. Sean McDermott coached to lose this game, and Josh Allen played to win. Because Josh Allen woke up at a heck of a day. 36-54, 308 yards, two touchdowns. He had that pick early. At 12 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen gets all the criticism in the world, sometimes rightfully so. He still makes some stupid passes. Mm Mm-hmm. But he, in the second half, woke up with that team on his back. And now he's in a walking boot. He was hurt that final drive and still said, I'm going to run the ball. And he ran the ball twice. Mm-hmm. First of all, I would run for a brick wall for Josh Allen now, seeing all that. But also, <sighs> it's coming down the stretch. The Bills have a losing record against teams with winning records. They only wins over the Chiefs, and that was when the Chiefs were horrible, and the Chiefs have gotten a lot better. Yeah. 
you're you're right on the seven seed right now. And the Bills, once again, I told you they had to get those wins early. Because at the end, they had the Panthers this week. We'll talk about that. I think that should be a win. You still, so. yeah, you still got to go to New England. You got the Falcons who are so up and down. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Jets at the end of the year who are no are going to be wanting to play spoiler. But also you've set yourself up to where let's say you lose, let's say you're 10 and 7. That's your best case scenario, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are going to be 10 and 7, I think. That AFC North. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Everybody's trying to get in there except for maybe the Steelers, and they're still a tough team. Yeah. You got the Colts who have a win over you. And then you have the Dolphins, who you beat twice, yes, but guess what? The Dolphins are getting hot. Right there. One game back. So, this is uh, – it's getting terrifying in Orchard Park now. A team that I was sitting, feeling comfortable – they feeling comfortable. Since they played the Titans, lost that game, they have gone three and four and have lost three of their last four. Mm-hmm. Against all their losses are against good teams except for the Jags. And that's just a game I've no the offense again failed. Yeah. So you know, you can blame the Patriots well on the weird weather. You can blame it on defense not being able to on the offense again, not being able to do anything on that one too. But this offense, something's gotta happen. Probably gonna see some new uh new coaches next year. Because mm-hmm. uh, this offense again, Dolphins thirty-five nothing, Washington forty-three twenty-one, Texans forty nothing, Chiefs thirty-eight twenty, Titans they still scored thirty-one points, Dolphins twenty-six points. Since then, they scored forty-five against the Jets, they scored thirty-one against the Saints, and that's about it. That they've yeah. looked impressive with, and that twenty-seven all came, in, twenty-four of that came in the second half. Yeah. So, I I don't know. <laughs> Defense can only get you so far. And then, of course, when your best defensive player's out, and now if you look at me and say, we got to go to Nathan Peterman, mm. I mean, I, I like the guy. You saw what he did in Chicago. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Not Nathan Peterman, Trubisky. I'm Peterman. Not bad. Yeah. Well, still, Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, yes, Chicago. yes, yes, yes. I don't know. He's not going to win you that Patriots game. So it's uh, going to be interesting. Also, Emmanuel Sanders also injured. So yeah. if you want to help him out, there's one guy down already. Now, you got Isaiah McKenzie in there, who's been solid. But maybe you use Gabe Davis more, but still. Pain. I'm in Spain without the yes, Waff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not having fun anymore. I, I'm used this that Braves World Series title is getting me through a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Bills, you know, did not do anything in the first half. Um, and then, like you said, they did wake up in the second half and they made a game out of it against a good team. Um, but for as much as we talk about the Bills running game, this was the game coming into it that you knew. You're not gonna get a rush. You you knew you're not you're not gonna get much of a run game. And even still, I know Josh Allen had a hundred of it. Even still, you ran for 173. And I'm I'm sure the, the bulk of that was in the second half. Yeah. Um 
it looks to me now obviously Josh Allen's in a walking boot. We don't know what's happening there, mm-hmm. but it looks to me that while Buffalo still needs to try to establish a true running game with the running backs, like when Buffalo is at its best is when Josh Allen is throwing the ball 54 times and running for 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And that might be just what it takes for right now until you yeah. figure that out and you get, I guess, yeah. better – that one, better coaching to get maybe maybe it's time to move on from Singletary and or the uh, Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe bring somebody else in. Um, yeah. But Bills have been not themselves for the past couple of weeks. Yes, losing – Trey White is obviously hurting. He is your best defensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, th- things are things get hairy towards the end of the year. Um, if they finish 10-7, and seven, it is going to be close because, like you said, there are a lot of teams, Colts, Bengals, Ravens, even the Browns. Mm-hmm. If they get hot, like they're all going to be Chargers, right there, Dolphins, right there in that mix, Chargers to Dolphins. Um, and, yeah, so it's going to get hairy. They're going to have to win the games you're supposed to win, Panthers, Jets, Falcons, and then you're going to have to knock off one of the other two. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And um, another note for this, Tom Brady, of course, of course, 700 career pass was that game winner. Of course yeah. it is. Because uh, story, storybook. Of course. Storybook. Of course it is. I hate it. This man's going to be playing until he's 65. Throwing passes to his kid, and when the game's over, he's gonna kiss him on the lips. I hate this. <laughs> it's it's set up to be a Bucks Patriots Super Bowl, and I'm going to die. Please, God, no! I'm going to die, or somehow it's gonna be it's gonna be if it's like Bucks Cowboys, and then like Pat's um, who would mean Pat's Dolphins if the Dolphins make a run for the AFC Championship? I probably pull for the Dolphins because I like Tua and Christian Wilkins, but still, it'd be like oh pain. All the pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's a way where I'll watch the Super Bowl with anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, but, okay, that is the recap from both of our teams. We'll get into the rest of the NFL. Uh, Thursday, December 9th, uh, was another Vikings doozy. Uh, <laughs> Thursday night football saw the Minnesota Vikings hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Vikings were up twenty nine to nothing. Correct? Yeah. yeah. Twenty nine to nothing, and they won this game by eight. <laughs> Every Minnesota Vikings fan has to be on blood pressure medicine. <laughs> There's no way you're not. If you're a diehard Vikings fan, send me your prescriptions. <laughs> I need to see them. Um, but uh, Minnesota w- wins the game. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they did win despite blowing it almost. <laughs> they did win. Kirk Cousins, 14 to 31, eh, 216, eh, two touchdowns. Okay, two picks. He has been very efficient this year, but late in the game. In, in prime time. Yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins. Kirk Cous- prime no time Kirk Cousins doing. is prime not time Kirk Cousins is horrible. Now, for to his credit, they still did win, but he is not still. good. Uh, he wasn't. There. He wasn't the reason. There's a reason that was right behind them. That wasn't that they won this game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns. Welcome back. He was in the harness uh, that he wore a couple weeks ago when he was hurt, and he ran for like a buku amount of yards. So, uh, yeah. Dalvin Cook still dominant, um, and 
Justin Jefferson, Jay Jetta, seven seven catches, seventy nine yards, and a touchdown for him. He's they're they're, they're all world man. They have two of the best skill players in the NFL, <laughs> and they're six and seven. Mm-hmm. They have a quarterback that I believe is good, mm-hmm. and he can do what he needs to do to win the ball games, and he's been efficient with the ball. And they they have all the talent in the world. And they're six and seven. Yeah. It, oh, it the others, be, go ahead. Might be time for the Zimmer era to end. Like uh, it, it, it's past time. It's that's past the, that's the time best for you Mike can Zimmer. Do. That's Get the out. Best you can do? No. It is long overdue for somebody else to run the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger was 28 of 40, 308 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, Roethlisberger obviously had a big uh, second half and specifically fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh, where they scored 21 points. Uh, Najee Harris still still the real deal. I think he is um, proving his worth. Yeah, yeah, and he's getting there. Twenty carries, ninety four yards, and a touchdown for him on the ground. Um, he did have a catch a touchdown as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, this one was crazy because it came down to the very last play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and arguably, Pittsburgh should have scored a touchdown. It was in Pat Fryermuth's hands. Mm-hmm. And g- credit the defense, great play to knock the ball out. And now they still have to get a two-point conversion. But yeah. Pittsburgh was right there and, you know, could have forced this to overtime. And we would have gotten to see more Vikings collapse. <laughs> uh, but we did not have to see that. And, yeah, uh, freaking Kirk Cousins didn't even get sacked at all. Jeez. Going up, against the, the, uh... going up against the defense with T.J. Watt, who did get hurt and is questionable yeah. for this Sunday when they play Tennessee. So, yeah. Um, what do you think about the Chase Claypool – argument no kind of celebrating the what what an idiot are you kidding me yeah you have to know the situation and he can make as many excuses as he wants like i don't freaking want to hear it dog he catches the ball now it was fourth down they're Mm -hmm. trying to go down the field and they have no no timeouts left i mean he makes a good catch and he comes up and he does his little you know first down celebration and trey turner the freaking offensive lineman runs over there snatches the ball from him and gives it to the uh yeah, you know the center or whoever. If I can't remember if he's the center or not, but anyway, and and they try to line up for the next play, and they're obviously pissed at Claypool because literally you lost six, seven, eight seconds, which is mm-hmm. precious time. There's yep. less than thirty seconds left in the game. You're trying to score a touchdown here, Good and second play. It's it's so it's so stupid to me, and it just shows you know, uh, you know the the lack of maturity on his part. And now Claypool is is a good receiver. He has shown mm-hmm. flashes where he could be a very good receiver in this league. Uh, and obviously, he's very big on the social medias, like with TikTok, which has been a big thing with not just him, but with um, Juju Smith-Schuster as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just so stupid. Like, I mean, if I'm Mike Tomlin, like, I'm freaking irate. Like, I hate mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then Claypool got mad at Trey Turner. That is – that that's the part that yeah. kills me. He yeah. When they spike the ball, he's looking at Trey Turner, and he's visibly upset. You know, shut your freaking mouth. God, I can't stand that stuff, man. But, um, yeah, stupid on Claypool – and he deserves to get ripped, uh, you know. And what an idiot! Um, but Vikings pull out this win, six and seven. A lot of teams in the NFC are bunched up together. They're still technically alive, and there's only four games left. A lot of things have to fall their way, um, but a win that you know Minnesota definitely needed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, two more AFC North teams. The Browns taking on the Ravens. This one, th- this one shocked me. 
Uh, Browns dominated one half uh, and were up 24 to six at halftime over the Ravens and held on after a furious Tyler Huntley led yeah. comeback from the Ravens. Uh, held on 24 to 22 to win the game and possibly the the the, the play that won the game um, for Cleveland was Miles Garrett getting his uh, getting a strip sack and then picking up his own fourth fumble and going into the end zone. Uh, but the biggest news out of this game obviously is Lamar Jackson left the game uh, and did not come back after starting the game four four for 17 yards. So Tyler Huntley came in and did great 27 to 38 270 and a touchdown for him. Uh, but obviously that's a big blow. I mean, that's, you know, one of the best playmakers in the league, if not the best playmaker in the league, uh, and your best player. So Mark Andrews, 11 receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown fantasy monster. Mm. Um, and then for the Browns, Baker Mayfield was, you know, for the most part, efficient 22 or 32, 190 yards, two touchdowns did throw one interception. Uh, Chubb only ran for 59 yards. So good on the Baltimore defense for holding him in check. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones was their leading receiver, five receptions for 90 yards. Also, I think it's worth noting, Jarvis Landry caught his first touchdown of the year, and that just does not sound right. That's wild. Yes. Uh, But Browns getting a much-needed win to further shake up this AFC North. That is just unreal. Yeah. Um, And we'll talk about the standings once we talk about Cincinnati, but literally everybody's still just right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't heard anything else about Lamar Jackson. Then again, I haven't been looking as well. So um, I really don't know what the status on him is. So sorry for not updating you there. But uh, we move on to Kansas City where, oh, God, guess what? The Chiefs are back. Uh, uh, the Chiefs beat the Vegas Raiders 48-9. to nine. Yeah, this game uh, uh, was 35 nothing at one point. And then yeah. the Raiders took the sad field goal before halftime. Ah, uh, the Will Muschamp. We love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was not pretty. Uh, Kansas City at halftime was leading this 35-3. to <laughs> And Patrick Mahomes was 20 of 24, 258 yards, only to only two touchdowns. Uh, Derek Gore. My goodness. Leading rusher for Kansas City. Who is that? Any relation to Frank Gore? I don't think so. Would be cool if it was, but it's definitely not. It's, I know it's not his son. His son's a college, no. but um, no, yeah. his son's playing quarterback and why and running back, <laughs> yeah, right now, which is incredible. Right. <laughs> uh, and then Tyreek Hill, four receptions, seventy six yards. Um, yeah, I mean it's not really too. It's not too much of a gaudy day. Um, it for was a butt whooping. That's what it know, was. Yeah, uh, and uh, the Las Vegas had four lost fumbles. So their first play uh, of the game was yeah. a fumble return by Mike Hughes for a touchdown. Yep. Uh Derek Carr fumbled, Zay Jones fumbled, Hunter Renfro fumbled, and Josh Jacobs on the first play of the game fumbled, in which Kansas City picked that up for a touchdown. And that just set the tone. And that was that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh yeah. Vegas, they're done. Um oh, yeah. Derek Carr, I still think he's a good quarterback. He slings the ball around. He can really throw it. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, is a very good running back, but there are too many games where he comes away. He he scores touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So as far as fantasy purposes, like he he does okay. But there's too many games where he comes out with sub 50 rushing yards. They can't run the ball with him. Yeah. 
And well, but but you know what? At times it works because Derek Carr is good enough to sling the ball as much as he wants, and they have weapons. Or well, they did before Henry Ruggs killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And then you know Josh Jacobs just can't can't get the running game going, and they use him when they're inside the ten. He gets touchdowns. So you know what? It's a fair trade off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nothing else is really working now without you know Ruggs is obviously not there, and Darren Waller was out again. They're um, I mean leading tight, one, leading tight end. Your number one receiver is uh, Hunter Renfro, which had a heck of a game, but still yeah. Hunter it's not a not. knock on Renfro. Renfro yeah. in Waller and. Ruggs' absence has really stepped up, mm-hmm. and he's been putting up some but, gaudy numbers the past couple weeks. But Renfro should not be your number one receiver. He's not a speed guy. He's your down at the goal line, third and short. Third and Renfro yeah. is a thing. and Yeah. But he's not the guy that's like, all right, we got further Renfro. He's not that guy. Yeah, I mean, Renfro's ideal role. Now, I'm, I, I, he can handle volume, obviously. Oh, yeah. He yeah. caught 13 balls for 117 yards and a touchdown. He had 14 targets. Yeah. His ideal role and where he's going to kill you the most is probably going to be that being, and this is ironic because this guy's also from Clemson and from the state of South Carolina, Adam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. It's, being, it's being Adam Humphreys from those Bucks teams with Jameis and the one year, the, his first year in Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, when they used him effectively and he wasn't hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, his ideal role is probably being something like that. I mean, he, he's not going to be a home run hitter. Um, Hunter Renfro speaking, he, he's not really going to be a home run hitter. Might catch one every now and then, but, I mean, he's your guy. He runs nasty routes. He's going to juke you out of your shoes, and he is guaranteed to probably get you seven or eight yards if you need it on third and yeah. So, uh, well, props to him. But Kansas City's back. I hate life. They're good again. <laughs> and, yeah, that's pretty much that um saints beat the dog mess out of the jets uh saints got back alvin kamara everybody found out again just how valuable he is mm-hmm. as he ran for 120 yards had a rushing touchdown and caught four balls for 25 yards uh um Taysom hill led the offense also scored uh two touchdowns two rushing touchdowns at 73 yards rushing and 175 yards passing so um did more than enough to beat the lowly jets who look better without Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh Zach Wilson, once again, their leading rusher. I'm pretty sure that's two or three two weeks in a row. They're twice in the last three yeah. weeks. Uh 19 of 42 for 202 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So not really doing anything there to help the team. Um yeah, the Jets suck. And it's uh, Tennessee lost to the Jets. It's so stupid. <laughs> um yeah, but the Saints got a win that they desperately needed after losing five straight, and the Jets are now three and ten. So that's really all I got to say about that. Yeah. Oh, Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. You you almost you almost blew it. Yeah, you almost. You tried to up. blow it. Yeah. I wanted you to blow it. Oh, I did too. I you know why I did. <laughs> but you didn't blow it, so I guess props to you. But uh, yeah, Dallas. Beats the Washington football team 27-20, to furthering their lead over the NFC East that is not wrapped up yet, but it's yeah. starting to look like it's all Dallas's. Uh, Washington was hot coming in this game. I think they won, what, four straight? I think so, yeah. And, you know, Dallas comes out, gets up 24 to nothing um, at halftime. So, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's not looking too good. Yeah. Um, and then Washington does score a touchdown. Dallas kicks a field goal, and that was the last point. So Dallas scored for the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. As Washington came, uh, scored another touchdown, missed two point conversion, 
Um, and then Dallas threw a pick six, which, oh, my God, now things get really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's only a one-score game, uh, and Washington fumbles away their chances at the end of the game. But um, Dak Prescott was 22 of 39, 211 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Not a great day from him. They mm-hmm. couldn't re- they didn't run the ball well. Zeke only had 45 yards, did not have a rushing touchdown. Uh, C.D. Lamb, 61 yards receiving. Uh, Michael Gallup, 60 yards, and Amari Cooper, 51 yards, and a all-important touchdown. Um, but, yeah. And then Washington, also, Terry McLaurin was blanketed. Uh, yeah. Diggs, Diggs put the work on him. Uh, he finished with no catches for, obviously, zero yards and also went into concussion protocol at the end of the game after he almost made a magnificent exactly, yeah. catch. Yeah, would have been insane. And if not for the ground, like if he'd have landed on a trampoline, which is stupid to say because it's a football <laughs> game, but you know, slam if, ball, he'd have, yeah. if, if he'd have, if he'd have been playing slam ball, he'd have held on to the football, but he hit the ground and the ball popped out, and he now possibly has a concussion. So <laughs> I wish it was trampoline, uh, but anyway. Uh, and then Washington did fumble the ball three times, so they didn't help themselves yeah. out there. Um, um, yeah, Mike, Micah Parsons, man. This kid's uh, animal. Three animal. tackles, two of them are sacks, and a forced fumble. He might. He's probably your easy defensive rookie of the year for sure. He might be. He's up there for defensive player of the year. If it wasn't for his teammate Jervon Dix, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for TJ sure. Watt, those are the only and, other two you, I can you know, see there. Aaron, Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald always. Yeah. So yeah. And I look at a Titans homer here, but I I really think that <laughs> Kevin Byard should be in the discussion as well. Yeah. But okay. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dallas did what they had to do. Their lead in the NFC East is now a full three games over Washington, Philadelphia, and then a full five games over the Giants, who are um, all but done. And, yeah, so uh, props to Dallas. They're sitting at nine and four. They're in the driver's seat, looking like they're definitely going to make the playoffs uh, and hopefully get bounced in the first round. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's that. Props to Washington for trying to come back, but she couldn't do it. And if my computer will load, we'll go to the next one. The next one, Falcons-Panthers. It's a local rivalry. Oh, and, and both teams are just infuriating. Yeah. Are they not? Yeah. Uh, maybe the Panthers a little bit more than the Falcons right now uh, because the Panthers started 3-0. and If you remember that, it feels like 10 years ago. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and Sam Darnold was your uh, touchdown rushing touchdown leader after three games. Uh, and one – He's not around anymore. Yeah. Uh, two in, in the just just a quick recap of the of how the Panthers season has gone. <laughs> Three and zero. Oh, Sam Darnold looks great. Panthers are living, thriving. Uh, McCaffrey gets hurt. Okay, you know, I guess at this point we might have all expected that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go on a little lull. Sam Darnold gets hurt. They got to throw in PJ Walker. Uh, McCaffrey comes back, and who do they also bring back? Cameron Newton. Uh, Cam Newton comes in, you know, first game scores that touchdown. I'm back. McCaffrey's back. Oh, McCaffrey's hurt. Oh, Cam sucks again. <laughs> and now the Panthers are five and eight. They've gone two and eight in their last 10. So, uh, Cam Newton, by the way, in his last 11 Panthers games, is 0 and 11 as a starting quarterback for the Panthers. Yes. He was not the starter against the Cardinals. It's not good. And so, then, uh, you know, as yeah. much as, as much as we both <laughs> love PJ Walker and we love, an underdog coming from a special league like the XFL. Yeah, uh, he ain't he the is, answer. He has not been <laughs> no. good at all. No. Really. So <laughs> he did throw a touchdown. Cam didn't do that. 
Yeah. He now, Cam, pick, I will say just this. like Cam. I will say this. Cam ran one of the most beautiful read options I've ever seen for the first touchdown of the game. I was like, oh, the Panthers might be back. And then I look again, Cam for a pick. I'm like, oh, well, the, yeah. this game is over. Good job. <laughs> His shoulder is trash. He, he, he can't do it anymore, especially on a team like the Panthers, who is obviously down their best player in McCaffrey and just, you know, not that talented. Yeah. What's funny, too, is the Falcons are five and two away, which means they have are one and six at home. If you're a season ticket holder for the Falcons, how mad are you? That your team can only win away games. Hey, this is just me being fat, but like, I wouldn't be that mad because the concession prices are dope, and I think they have like egg salad and chicken salad sandwiches, and I would eat my weight in those, especially if they're only like three dollars. Yeah, you know what? That's a solid argument. I'm okay. I I, I die a happy death watching the Falcons. Like, it's fine. As I watch their they blow, them blow another 14 point lead. Yeah, as I they blow happy. a lead and I stuff three chicken salad sandwiches into my uh, face, I suffocate with happiness. Uh, their one home win is ever the Jets. Woo. It was it was a seven point win too, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, both of these teams are infuriating. Uh, don't yeah. don't get it twisted. Atlanta still, we have a lot. You know, we could. <laughs> no, we have a lot of problems Atlanta. we could talk about with Atlanta, but we're yeah. not going to for now. But, yeah. Anyway, this show's so, already almost three hours every week, so you know we need to. <laughs> yeah, it, we, we don't need it to last three weeks. Um, <laughs> so some positives: Matt Ryan, nineteen to twenty-eight, one touchdown. I still think that he is a very good quarterback. He just oh, needs to uh, get the heck out of Atlanta. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Corderell Patterson, I'll, I'll say it again. They, they the, the team that figured out how to use him is Atlanta. Yeah. Now, he, he had 58 yards matter. rushing. <laughs> yeah. He had 58 yards rushing, did score one touchdown there, had two catches for only one yard. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, this game yeah. was, this this, game this was game competitive. This, this game was competitive. It was 17 to 10 at halftime. Uh, and the final score was 29 to 21. I don't even think I said the final score yet. So I guess I need to say that. Oh, well. <laughs> um, Cam Newton was the leading rusher for the Panthers as well. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, mm, he's not quite Christian McCaffrey, is he? No, no. So uh, that's that. Both of those teams are, there's honestly no hope for anything now because Tampa Bay's running away with the division, yeah. which we all knew that would happen. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks Texans, um, oh. a battle of yeah, Davis Mills gets to start again for Houston. And you know what? You know, he did fine, he's okay 33 of 49, yeah. 331 yards, one touchdown, like, no picks, I, got sacked twice. Like, literally, his first game was in horrible conditions against the Bills' fully healthy defense at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, I can understand why he struggled there, but like, wasn't the next week against either the Rams or somebody he just went off to? Yeah. Against he had a pretty decent week too. He's not a bad quarterback. No, I don't. I don't think he's bad. I think he's he's not the worst option in yeah. the NFL. I don't. Right now. I don't know if that's your guy. If no. you like, we're gonna build your our franchise around you. But he is solid. Right. He's gonna. He um, can win you games. But he just you know today just had the, yeah. his defense once again. That defense that the old the oldest team in the NFL is Houston, I think. And mm-hmm. boy, they showed it. They're not they are the opposite of Tom Brady. They are not going to play to the 55. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh and and you know Houston still does have a weapon on the outside and Brandon Cooks who can, you know, yeah. um do a lot and is still a good receiver. Eight receptions 101 yards for him. Uh obviously that's that's pretty much it for Houston and that's why they're two and yeah. eleven. Yeah. Uh, and when you're your leading running back is Rex Burkett, love Rex, but that should not be that's that's not going to win you a football. The, game. the man was a power back in Nebraska. That no, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the Seahawks, I season's dead. Uh, they try and they, love. 
they still have a lot of talent. I really don't think there, there's no reason they should be five and eight, but they are because, you know, that's just how it works out. Russell Wilson, 17 to 28, two touchdowns, no picks. Did not get sacked at all. Yep. Uh, but the uh, Tyler Lockett, praise Jesus. He did Five something. receptions, 142 yards and a touchdown. I still just – I know Tyler Lockett is so boomer bust when it comes to fantasy, but I think if you took him out of Seattle, he, he wouldn't be as effective because him and Russ just have that thing going. Yeah, yeah. But when Tyler Lockett is on, he's freaking on, and he's one of the best receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. No cap, as the kids say. Um, and but the the biggest thing for Seattle is Rashad Penny. The Seattle ran the ball effectively. No shot, they did. A uh, sixteen yeah. carries, one hundred thirty seven yards, two touchdowns for Rashad Penny. I mean, he ran all over Houston. That is what won this game um, for them. Even though it was thirty three to thirteen, was the final score. I just I don't I gotta I gotta say these scores earlier. Yeah, people um, don't know what's going on. Another just random thing. Uh, Kaimi Fairbairn made a 61 yard field goal in this game. He did. He, he spanked and, it. He's quietly one of the most consistent kickers, I think, in the league. He is just like Youngway Koo out of uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Once again, you don't hear about them too because uh, their teams are horrible. <laughs> Correct. And when, but when they, when they have to, they're pretty clutch. So, yeah. All right. We'll move on to the next game. The next game involves. What was the best one ten and one team in the world? The Detroit Lions, yeah. and they lost to the Denver Broncos thirty eight to ten. They are they did not look like the best one eleven and one team no. in the world no. uh, on Sunday. Jared Goff was 215 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Got sacked twice. Craig Reynolds, a guy who, uh, oh my God, where is he from? He played at at Cutstown College. Mm-hmm. He is a rookie. Uh, he got his first start. He had 11 attempts for 83 yards, so you know what? Good okay. for him. The Lions running backs, uh, Jamal Williams had COVID, and Swift is out with an injury, so um, they're just having to use, I guess, whoever they got. And then Amon Ross, St. Brown, who caught the game when a touchdown pass against the Vikings, uh, had eight receptions for 73 yards. Um yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Denver, yeah. what, what a day. Bridgewater, 18 of 25, 179 yards, two touchdowns, only got sacked once. Melvin Gordon ran for over 100 yards and had two touchdowns. And then Javante Williams, who is very hot right now, uh, had 73 rushing yards as well and a touchdown. So yeah. um, props to Denver. De- Denver's still confusing. Maybe not as confusing as, like, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but Denver's just towing the line. Like, I mean, Denver, obviously, they blew out Dallas. Yeah. Which is a good win. Yeah. Uh, but the, but then they have stupid losses, so they, they just they yeah. can't quite figure it out. They're just they're the epitomization of nine and eight, and I can yeah. see that. Now. Uh, the end of their season is against all playoff contending teams. It's Bengals, Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs to end the season. So, but the way they are, they'll they'll pull off two of those exactly, and they could be sitting like that. That's why I talked about the Bills gotta win those games because this is one of those teams that's gunning for you. Yeah, that final spot. Um, also, just want to say to uh, heartbreaking to hear about the Marius Thomas. Yes, um, one of the best football players I've ever seen. The guy was incredible at Georgia Tech in an option offense. Yeah, found a way to make it work and be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Won that Super Bowl right. with Peyton Manning. Um, for everything I've heard, was the nicest guy you can mm-hmm. meet to, and just absolutely heartbreaking uh, that he passed away. And so that's uh, good. Good for the Broncos to get a win. Yeah, um, the, it, it was really cool of them to start the game with 10 players, only mm-hmm. 10 players on the yeah. field, and they left his position open. 
Yeah, another cool thing, their final drive that scored a touchdown was 88 yards. So that's nice. That's that's really cool. So it, it, it's not crazy how crap like that always works out. Exactly. Like it's just wild. You know? It's just like the, there's multiple instances, and I can't really think of a lot. I mean, the one I think about involving Tennessee on the day that they celebrated Steve McNair mm-hmm. and they inducted him into the Ring of Honor, there's a picture of a cloud above the field that I kid you not, looks just like a nine, yeah. which was Steve McNair's number. How does that stuff happen? Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. It's wild. So, yeah, um, so a lot of hurting, of course, for the Broncos and the NFL, but um, yeah. good to see them get a win for this. And so, yes, it really do hate just seeing Damaris Thomas no longer with us. Yeah, it says a lot about DT as well mm-hmm. to come through a program like Georgia Tech where it was an option-based offense and to, you know, do his part and, you know, mm-hmm. be a good blocker. Because mm-hmm. that's what he did most of the time. Yeah, and now he had some good plays. Which sorry, Richard, but like the the, oh, the, the fake field goal, the, the fake field goal against Clemson. Yeah. That's the um, first play when they George took the mm-hmm. real first play they showed. No, I hated yeah. it at the time, but man, it's one of the greatest plays I've ever yeah. seen. A wide receiver. And then you, I, you you can't say enough about their playoff win over the Broncos when Tebow was the quarterback. Yeah, the 80, 80 some odd oh, yard touchdown right there. for Just, to win the game against the Steelers. The, like that's such a special moment. It's one of the craziest play. I'll always remember where I was when that happened. Um, yeah, me too. Tebow hitting Thomas in stride for a touchdown. It's yeah, heck of a and player. just a team like Denver, who you know would go on in the next couple of years to be one of the better teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. beating who at the time was always a perennial playoff contender in the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who were coming off a Super Bowl appearance. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah where the, they lost to the where they lost to the Packers. So yeah, um, yeah, but rest in peace, DT. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Broncos still alive as far as the AFC race. Now, obviously, Kansas City is heating up mm-hmm. and has a two-game lead, uh, but the Broncos are 7-6, to six, two games behind them, and one game behind the Los Angeles Chargers, who beat the Giants 37-21. to 21. The Chargers moved to 8-5. and five. Justin Herbert went 23-31 of 31 for 275 yards and had three touchdowns, a big day. Uh, that one at the end of the first the half was an absolute yes. Oh my god, dime to Jalen rocket Gunn. arm, dude. He's yeah. so freaking good. Yeah, we uh, he doesn't get talked about a lot because he's had some inconsistent games and he's only in his second year too. Yeah, my goodness, this kid though in the future. And yeah. If he wasn't in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, we'd be talking a whole lot more about. Yeah, him for sure. I mean, once you move some of these older old heads out of the league. Mm-hmm. i.e. like Ben Roethlisberger, and then when Brady finally does call it quits, mm-hmm. like the guys or and even somebody like Stafford, who I still, yeah. feel, still feel like has a lot of football left. Yeah. Uh, but some of these guys who have been around for a long time, once they move out of the league, like the face of the league and somebody competing for – some players competing for MVP year in and year out are going to be Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Those quarterbacks, they're all so special. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then Eckler ran for 67 yards and a touchdown for the Chargers. Um, and Guyton, Jalen Guyton, who uh, uh, was their leading receiver, 87 yards. Uh, Mike Williams was six receptions for 61 yards as well. Um, and Los Angeles was without um, Keenan Allen. So, yeah. Uh, but in New York, having to start Mike Glennon, obviously not ideal, but he did okay. Yeah. 191 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Barkley only ran for 64 yards, no touchdowns on the ground. Um, did have a receiving touchdown. Kyle Rudolph <laughs> turned back the clock. Over I know. I'm catches. very surprised that, at his name. <laughs> that was cool. He had he had a really good uh really good catch and run. Uh, if he was in Minnesota for a good bit of years and was a yeah, yeah. pretty good tight end, but yeah. Uh, Chargers dispose of the Giants. Giants are dead. 
Yeah, um, it might be time to move on from everybody and just gut house in New York. Yeah, Joe Judge get... is second second year in the league. I think he's ten and ten and fifteen overall. Yeah. Like, it's just not I'm not going to even when you get Daniel Jones back. I don't this ain't yeah. a, the, these this is not the staff that's going to lead him to yeah. Curtains. And I, I I like I like Daniel Jones a lot. I think he has a lot of uh, he's got raw he, talent. He, you 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 know what? And and I, this is I'm not saying this. I feel like people will kind of gasp at this because they're not in the same category at all. Um, even you, Richard, the, I think Daniel Jones is a lot like Josh Allen, just in the way that you, he can throw it decently well, but he runs very yeah. well also. And he's um, very raw like Josh Allen was when he yeah. first got in. So yeah. If find- Daniel Jones can figure it out like Josh Allen did last year, then, you know, things could be good, but now the giants are not nearly as talented as the bills, but yeah. Um, it, Joe so Judge. There's a lot going it, on with the Giants too. Yeah, so. it's probably it's probably time to move on from Joe Judge. But yeah, uh, Bengals 49ers. This was a really good game, and this was another blown lead. Mm-hmm. 49ers have been hot. Uh, Bengals still needing a win to stay afloat in the AFC North and compete for that automatic bid to the playoffs. Um, excuse me, 49ers etched this one out in overtime, 26 to 23. Uh, this was a battle, man. Um, yeah. Jimmy G, Jimmy G, give him credit. He had a very good game. 27 of 41, 296, two touchdowns. He did get sacked five wow. times. I think it was Mina Kimes that said, hey, in overtime, he became James G. Because <laughs> <laughs> he became a man. <laughs> yeah. Um, San Francisco, as far as ru- uh, running the ball, still using Debo Samuel in that kind of hybrid way mm-hmm. um, while they don't really have a big-name running back. Um, because I think Mostert's hurt or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Samuel eight carries for thirty-seven yards. Did have a touchdown. He's he's a Swiss Army knife. He had one catch for twenty-two yards. I still wish they would use him in the passing game. Yeah. As much, but but I guess it's different on his body when he's running the ball and he's getting hit consistently. But yeah. Um, and George Kittle. Ah, oh God, my oh, my favorite freaking tight end. I know I said that about Mike Jasicki, but I was just kidding. Uh, George <laughs> Kittle, thirteen catches, one hundred fifty-one yards, and one touchdown. I freaking love him, man. He's so mm-hmm. cool. Um, and T. Higgins, leading receiver for Cincinnati, five receptions, one hundred fourteen yards. Another big day for him. Uh, Jamar Chase had five receptions for seventy-seven yards and had two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and Joe Mixon had only had 58 yards on the ground. So San Francisco was able to keep him in check. Uh, but yeah, this game was crazy. It was uh at halftime, it was 17 to 6, San Francisco, and then it got up to uh 20 to 6. Uh, and, and then the Bengals missed a field goal. 49ers put it back, Bengals took it down the field, scored a touchdown, and then they scored um with like a minute and 19 seconds left in the game. Uh, and then the 49ers missed a field goal as time expired. Uh, so we went to overtime. Bengals drove it, had a good drive going, 50-yard drive, settled for a field goal, and then seven plays later, the 49ers punched it in the end zone on a play from uh, Garoppolo to Brandon Ayuk that got reviewed. What footwork by Ayuk. It was beautiful um, for him to keep his feet in, and he reached the ball over the goal line, and that was all she wrote. Um, and now th- that win, and look now that that win for the 49ers and the win for the Buccaneers over the Bills is you know something to, to, to the teams who are sitting at the top of the AFC. Like, obviously, those are you know w- yeah. w- what you want to see because the Bengals and the Bills are both good teams, 
but this late in the season as far as competing for seeds in the AFC, um, two losses that if you're a higher seed, you you enjoyed watching. But, um, and next, next we have – nope, talk about that one. Oh, Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers, he still owns the Bears. I mean – Absolutely. Now, this was a great – a good a good offensive effort from the Bears. They scored 30 points mm-hmm. uh, and 24 in the second quarter. They didn't do anything in the second half. That's why they lost. Yeah. Um, because the Bears were up 27 to 21 at halftime. Shocking, I know. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, Aaron Rodgers did his thing and threw four touchdown passes overall, scored 45 points, uh, and they disposed of the Bears. Aaron Jones, praise Jesus. Good, <laughs> good fantasy day. Only five carries. <laughs> but he had 35 yards and a, and a rushing touchdown. He also had three catches for 30 yards and a receiving touchdown. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, Justin Fields, 18 to 33, 224 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, got sacked twice. And Justin Fields was also their leading rusher with 74 yards. So uh, Packers uh, still right up there in the fight for the one seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that depended on the last game we're going to talk about, which is what I would love to see as the NFC Championship game this year. Mm-hmm. Rams, awesome. Rams, Cardinals, round two was amazing. Mm-hmm. Rams won this game 30 to 23. They put it on the Cardinals early. Kyler Murray threw two interceptions, did not have a passing touchdown, did not have a touchdown at all. Yeah. And that is not the recipe for a Arizona Cardinal victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, Matthew Stafford, 23 of 30, 287, three touchdowns. Yeah. That is the recipe for a victory. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, uh, once again, just proving that he is – God bless. He's, he's He might be the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. 13 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown for him. OBJ got a touchdown. He got it on the action. Six catches – 77 yards and a touchdown, and also Van Jefferson on a bomb mm-hmm. from Matthew Stafford. Uh, two catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown for him. Um, yeah. And Kyler Murray did fumble once, but he recovered it, but he did throw those two costly interceptions yeah. that led to the Rams um, kind of pulling away in third quarter. And, of course, you got to talk about Aaron Donald. Five tackles, yep. uh, three sacks, yeah. he and was, a pass He deflection. was all on it. He was all and on he, it. And he was all up in Murray's face, too. So, yep. just – yeah. If you've seen the clip, I don't know if you've seen it, where he just drives the offensive lineman right into Murray as soon as – like, Murray has the ball for two seconds, and the offensive lineman's right on him, and he gets the sack. Yeah. His best best defensive lineman, for sure, in the NFL. He yeah. is insane. I want to shout out um, Ernest Jones, linebacker from the Rams. He is a rookie out of South Carolina. Go Cox. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid, you know, playing on a team with Mustap, he didn't really experience much – much winning, but we knew that he was he was good last year. Even only winning two games, he had a pretty yeah. good season. And now he's come into a, a, a big role with the Rams, and he is playing consistently. I think he gets starts, and he uh, mm-hmm. had an interception, one of those interceptions on Kyler Murray, and returned it thirty-one yards. So shout out to him; he's having a really good year. But uh, this this was a great game, Rams Rams Cardinals round three. It could happen. I know it could. It, really uh, could. it would be great whether that's in the NFC Championship game or however the seeds stack up. It could be earlier, maybe in the uh, divisional round or the or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think the world needs to see it again. It was great. Uh, oh, also James Conner had two rushing touchdowns for the um, yeah. Cardinals on thirty-one yards rushing. So he's continued. He I think he has the most touchdowns in the league. 
which yeah. is which is crazy to me. Like, l- look at Pittsburgh. I like Najee Harris a lot, mm-hmm. and I think Najee Harris is a very good running back. But wouldn't you think Pittsburgh would like to upgrade some other position? Looking at it now, when they could have re-signed James Conner for maybe mm-hmm. like one or two million dollars. Yeah. So yeah. at least help Big Ben out more. So. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to do it for NFL last week. Uh, the teams that were on a bye week, Colts, Dolphins, um, oh, God, Patriots, and the Eagles were all on buys last yeah. week. But we will move to this week and tell you about what's coming up this week. We actually have a couple. Um, everybody's playing. No no more bye yep. weeks. Every team's playing. Great full days of football. Got three days of NFL. Thursday night, we have the Chiefs at the Chargers. Uh, this is massive. This mm. is a huge game. Uh, this is Chiefs are rolling. Chargers desperately need this game to uh, get their tied for the uh, top spot in the what is it, AFC West? Yeah, and yeah, this is going to be a doozy on uh, Fox and NFL Network. Chiefs are favored by three on the road, which we all know a Chargers home game is not really a home yes. game still, yeah. even though they are pretty good. Yeah, uh, but I'm looking forward to watching Herbert versus Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. They may break the scoreboard if uh, yeah. either defense doesn't buckle down. This could be yeah. insane. It's got it's got serious uh, Rams-Chiefs vibes from, what, three years ago? hmm Yeah. Uh, and then we have two games on Saturday. First game, uh, Dutton – I don't think it really means a lot for the Raiders, but it means a lot for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders are at the Browns. Browns are a three-point favorite. Um, two teams that definitely do need a win and would like a win. Um, but we'll, I'm interested to see what the Browns can do building off that win against uh, Baltimore. But they play at 4.30 on NFL Network on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and the Patriots and the Colts are the That's 8.15 game. One. That's, That's a, a massive big game. game That's a massive games. game for a lot of people, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is at Indy. Indy is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the six, six win in a row. Uh, on the field on the road. Patriots. Yeah, and, and the 6-0 and o on the road, Patriots. So, uh, th- yeah, this is going to be a doozy, man. I'm so excited. To watch a classic game. Pats-Colts matchup that you yeah. haven't seen for a while. Which is rivalry, rivalry restored back in the day when it's not quite Brady-Manning, but it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but th- this game means a lot if you're a Tennessee Titans fan. Obviously, Patriots have been rolling. They are the number one seed in the AFC right now at nine and four. Tennessee is also nine and four, but uh, Patriots, based on the AFC win percentage or the win percentage mm-hmm. against other AFC teams, has the tiebreaker over Tennessee. Um, but there's a lot of things to watch here. So, Patriots win. Patriots win. Then the Titans will be playing for a division title on Sunday mm-hmm. against the Steelers. That can wrap it up. Uh, if the Colts win, Titans are still playing for something that's very important. If the Titans beat uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday, then they will be the number one seed in the AFC again. So, a lot to watch here if you're a Titans fan. But yeah. um, And then I guess uh, I'll just segue into the Titans. Titans play at the Steelers at 1 o'clock on CBS on Sunday. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half-point favorite um, going to Pitt. And this this is exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm – st- so ready to watch this game um, because obviously the scenarios there with the Colts and the Pats, like I just said, uh, but Tennessee, it's not official yet, but scheduled to come back is Bud Dupree, who, like I said on past shows, 
doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but he is immensely valuable to this defense. Mm-hmm. And he is possibly going to come back Sunday to play his former team with an with a very immobile quarterback in the Steelers. So I'm excited about that. Also, Titans could get back David Long as well, their best linebacker, um, who has been out for a couple of weeks. You know, well, I remember when, when we did the Bills Titans stream. Well, all night I was just like David Long. David Long, um, David Long's good. Uh, I would love to have him back. Plus, the Titans debuts of one Zach Cunningham. I cannot believe Tennessee got him. Yeah, uh, he was the leading tackler in the NFL last year on a Texan squad um, that he's obviously not happy with, and just it's obviously they're not good. Uh, he flipped the script, kind of like uh, Von Miller did. He went from a two and eleven team to a nine and four team competing for the number one seed in the AFC. So Zach Cunningham, welcome to the squad. He should be making his debut Sunday. I'm extremely excited about that. The linebacker depth that Tennessee has now is very good because David Long, if he comes back, adding Zach Cunningham to the mix with Jayon Brown, who we just signed in the offseason to a long contract and has been on this team for a couple years now, and I like him. Uh, And then also Rashawn Evans, former Mm first-round pick from Alabama, came back from injury this past week and had an interception. And so did Jayon Brown. So, you know, Titans pick up Zach Cunningham on the waiver wire, and it might have ignited a fire in Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans because they both got picks and had good games. So I think that's going to be just fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. Um, and then also an old face, old controversial face, Golden Tate mm-hmm. should make his Titans debut this Sunday, and I am very excited about that as well because getting Julio back last week was great. Uh, but Tennessee knew what they had to do to beat Jacksonville. They didn't take a lot of shots. Julio said he is fully healthy. He played the game last week, did not have any setbacks, didn't feel anything. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go add Golden Tate into the mix. Um, and then not this week, but next week, A.J. Brown will be coming back from IR. If this Titans team is healthy going into the playoffs, especially with Derrick Henry possibly coming back week 18, definitely for the first round of the playoffs, I know I'm a Titans homer, but you better watch out. because mm-hmm. I swear to you, I, will, I would take this Titans team versus anybody when healthy. So. Yeah, this I'm team, stupid excited. I'm trying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, there you go. This Titans team's getting healthy at the right time, and that's what you need. That's all you need. And they weather that storm greatly. To about out there at Henry, about all their receivers. Yep. And getting everybody back, and it's looking good. Looking real good in Nashville yeah. for sure. I'm trying not to hype myself up too much because you know, you know, you know how things work out. Like, I mean, we could. We're going to be playing for something on Sunday, and you know, we could come out and lay an egg. You never know what's yeah. going to happen, but yeah. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah. A healthy Titans team can go far. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, the rest of the games. Uh, one o'clock on Fox. The Carolina Panthers are making the trip to Orchard Park to play the Buffalo Bills. Bills open as a ten and a half point favorite. I would say that's about right with the state of the Panthers. Yeah. Um, you have you fa- a favorable matchup. I mean, we've seen Cam obviously. If he's going to be starting again, he is zero and eleven in his last eleven starts as a Panthers quarterback and this seems like a a good day for the Bills to figure it out and win a game that they should win already yeah uh, again Josh Allen questionable right now hopefully you know you don't need him too much in this game or to run around too much in this game 
Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is also questionable for this game, and Star Utilele's questionable. So some big pieces mi- missing for the Bills. But I think you should be fine. This Panthers defense, which is very good at times, has yeah. looked kind of has not looked great over the course, yeah. and their offense, of course, hasn't helped them at all. Um, should be able to stop Cam Newton. They did it last year twice against the Patriots, again, yeah. different team, but still they did it twice last year. They slowed down Cam Newton. And so, you know, I think this should be a win for the Bills to get back on track. It's a game you need to win to get back on track um, because then, of course, like I said, you got the Patriots next week on the road. But um, got to get this one. It should be a good day um, for the Bills um, if you just play right, do your job on defense and kind of shut down uh, the Pampers. DJ Moore is also questionable for the Pampers too. So yeah, that's one receiver down in a team that's already down a bunch of weapons on offense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think this should be a good day for the bills to get back on track and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, also one o'clock on Fox Cardinals at the lions lions. No shot. Sorry. <laughs> um, especially a Cardinals team scorned after losing a big game against the Rams. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is about to be a bloodbath. It's not, yeah. not going to be pretty. 13 and a half point favorites are the Cardinals. So, RIP. <laughs> uh, all right. The, the the return of the second hottest team in the NFL that nobody's talking about, the Miami Dolphins, playing at home against the lowly Jets. The Dolphins yeah. are eight and a half point favorites. To attack of Aloha is playing great. Jalen Waddle has emerged as, you know, living up to his hype. The defense has come to life after being preseason best defense in the world. They figured it out, and they're playing really well, and they're playing a Jets team who sucks with Zach Wilson as a starter. Miami, don't screw this up. Yeah, I'm sorry, Richard. I know I, I, I know just everything. Miami, don't, don't screw I it up. I need them to lose. I know you do. But I also – I don't want them to for the sake of Christian Wilkins. <laughs> Facts. Um, but, yeah, no, just – yeah, Miami, don't lose this game. You cannot lose this game. Don't lose this game because I am going to be pissed off and I will laugh at you. <laughs> um, uh, Cowboys play the Giants at 1 o'clock on Fox as well. Cowboys, I, this should – they're 10.5-point favorites. This really should, should be. not be a game, but it's probably going to be just because – when NFC East teams play each other, it's always stupid, <laughs> whatever reason. But uh, Cowboys should win this game. I think they will win this game. Um, yeah, Cowboys, blow it, please, <laughs> please, <laughs> please lose, please would, do it. I would. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to lose. Um, uh, Washington playing the Eagles, the other two uh, NFC East teams. This, this, this is, game has got stupid written all over it, man. I it can't does. <laughs> it's still at this point in time means something mm-hmm. sort of i think i mean what there's there's four games left and the cowboys have a uh a three game lead i don't know all the tiebreaker scenarios there's probably i'm sure there's there's a scenario where dallas can wrap it up this weekend but this game still means something for both teams it has stupid written all over it it's going to be dumb uh philadelphia is a four and a half point favorite so yeah this is going to be weird it's going to be yeah. a weird game all right one o'clock, CBS. Let's go live from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville, Florida. The game of the year tickets as low as $12. Jacksonville Jaguars, a three point favorite over the Houston Texans, the two oh. and 11 bowl, baby. <laughs> oh, 
all I have to say about this game is Davis Mills, if he's starting, do you think? <laughs> and give the ball to James Robinson, you freaking idiot. Of <laughs> what if this is the greatest game of the year? It's like 52 to 49 or something crazy like that. <laughs> well, hammer the over because it's 39 and a half is the over. Oh, my goodness. So they're, so not expect- they're not expected much, and neither am I. So. <laughs> the final score, it's going to end in a three-to-three tie, and we're all going to go home angry. That's what you're saying. <laughs> This Davis Mills throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Trevor Lawrence throws for 150 yards and two touchdowns, but Jags win this game. I'm calling it. <laughs> I can see it happening. Calling it right now. Oh, my goodness. By 10 points. However, <laughs> the, however that's going to work. If that happens. But no defensive you, touchdowns. You just got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacksonville returns returns four punts for touchdowns. <laughs> what a stupid! I'm kicking game. it to him. Huh? What a stupid game! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it. Do you watch? Uh, I know you know who uh, Urinating Tree is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you watch his sports ball every week? Yeah, yeah. Okay, me too. Mm-hmm. I th- th- this is just the type of game I cannot wait to hear him. Talk <laughs> I know. About. I'm so excited yeah. to hear him talk about this game. <laughs> Anytime um, the Steelers lose, all right, it's a oh, horrible, it's, it's a horrible uh, game going on. That's my favorite thing, it kills me. Just I he he live streamed mm-hmm. I uh, saw last some of week that. for the for the Vikings game because he has five hundred thousand uh, YouTube subscribers. Which mm-hmm. wow, what an accomplishment! Um, and he live streamed and Pittsburgh tried to come all the way back. And his favorite thing to say is just the Steelers are gonna <laughs> Super Bowl, and that freaking kills, that kills me. me all the time. It's so funny. If you if, urinating tree on YouTube, please go watch it. It's Hilarious. not just NFL, he does in depth hockey, baseball. He doesn't really dabble in basketball, yeah. He does um, like the playoffs for the NBA, some, yeah, so some college football, but a lot of a lot of baseball content during baseball season even hockey stuff but football is the mainstay mm-hmm. uh, his channel's glorious so big pittsburgh sports fan too so if you're all yeah. pittsburgh sports fans it's a good good yep. follow too so uh and at 405 the Bengals playing the broncos this is a big game for both teams mm-hmm. massive game this should be a good one denver a one and a half point favorite at home so uh this is gonna be a fun battle um joe burrow i think gets the edge as far as the quarterbacks go but uh that denver running game Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. It should be fun. Falcons are at the 49ers. Uh, San Francisco, while despite San Francisco being only technically one game better than the Falcons, <laughs> San Francisco is a nine-point favorite at home, Ugh. if that tells you anything. Uh, Wasn't this dose- the game a few years ago where the Falcons pulled off the incredible comeback? I think it was against the 49ers. It was like a revert the four nines of the reverse Falcons where they gave a big lead or something. I feel like I think we maybe this. I, the Falcons did that to somebody. I feel like it was 49ers, but I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, heavy dose of Debo Samuel wins you this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. It, it, it's the battle of the hybrid wide receivers, yeah. Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson. So. <laughs> uh, 425 on Fox. We have Seahawks at the Rams. Uh, this shouldn't be a game, but uh, for some reason, I feel like it's going to be. Uh, Rams I mean, coming off a big win. Seahawks, Seahawks coming off, off a win. 49ers. All right, uh, yeah, 49ers the other week. So, yeah, so still a lot. Like I said, a lot of talent spread across that Seahawks roster. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just it 
if they can run the ball effectively, which is obviously hard going against Aaron Donald uh, and Von Miller and all them boys on defense. But, yeah, they have a chance. But uh, 425, big game. Mm. Packers, Ravens, uh, it it means a lot for both teams. Packers wanting to hang on to that top spot in the NFC. Um, and the Ravens wanting to, uh, you know, stay afloat as far as right. uh, God bless, stay on top of the AFC North um, at eight and five, and Packers are ten and three. Uh, Green Bay four and a half point favorite on the road. Yeah, um, interesting to see that quarterback for the Ravens too. If it's Huntley or if it's uh, Lamar, how, yeah, for how sure. healthy Lamar is going to be too if he comes. Yeah, back, so. that's definitely going to affect this game because the, the Packers are very good and uh, mm-hmm. they are deserving of that top seed in the NFC right now. They're them, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Bucks. I mean, they're all good, mm-hmm. very good championship caliber. But um, uh, speaking of the Bucks, uh, Sunday night football has got the Saints at the Buccaneers, which you know, uh, six yeah. weeks ago would have been an amazing matchup. Yeah, Jameis um, return home probably. Yeah, the ancient storyline, but no. but the have they? Oh, never mind, they haven't. Wait, hold on. Oh, yeah. They they did lose. To, they, yeah, they, they lost to Jameis. They did. That's true. They, they lost to – or no, they lost to – was it Simeon? Was they Simeon lost, the quarterback? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, whatever. whatever. The Saints have the freaking Buccaneers number. Yeah. So, uh, but Tampa Bay is, is an 11-point favorite. Um, I, I feel like this game will be competitive, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely see the Bucs winning. Taysom Hill has looked pretty good when he has looked more comfortable in that uh, quarterback role. So he has. We'll uh, something to note obviously, this game's played in, in Tampa, Florida. It's going to be 74 degrees. How beautiful is that? <laughs> um, and then Monday <laughs> night football, <laughs> Monday night football, we go to frigid Chicago where it's going to be 35. Um, as the Bears host the Vikings. What an ugly game um, this is going to be. Yeah, what a just – I'm just I'm just so enthralled to <laughs> find out how the Vikings are going to blow it. <laughs> it's 42 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and they win it 45 to 44. This is the dumb <laughs> stuff that's going to save Matt Nagy's job. I know. like, But <laughs> maybe they'll fire Zimmer, so win-win, I, I guess. As long as Either one of them way. gets fired, I think we're all going to be happy. <laughs> right, and they both need to be canned. Yeah. So, uh, but that is the NFL week 15. Uh, no buys. Everybody's playing. So, full, full slate of football on three different days. You got to love it. This is a great time of the year. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Love, love this time when they start moving games Saturday because it makes games feel a lot more bigger, too. And also when they flex games as well mm-hmm. as it gets start closer flexing to the end of the season. It gets real cool. So, yeah. All righty. All right, so we'll dive in quickly to college basketball and loft. Um, looking at scores now and recording, uh, I just, I just want to mention this because mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee is beating South Carolina Upstate eighty-one to forty-three. We all expect that. Uh, Upstate has a player named Mista M Y S T A Goodlow. I just want to mention mm-hmm. that. Okay. that uh, mar- marinate for you. Um, so right. score also. Uh, South Carolina, which this is cool that they do this, but it's kind of funny. Uh, they always play like a D2 or NAIA team every year. Mm-hmm. They're playing Allen right now. They're up 94 to 43. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Allen. Get that check, baby. Get that check. That's all I'm going to say. Um, um, I'll say one thing about South Carolina men's basketball. Oh, heck of a win this week, too, by the way. Yeah, they, they're 7-2. and two. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of criticism surrounding Frank Martin, which, you know, to a certain extent I feel like is deserved because you would think coming off a Final Four run you'd be able to build off that. And mm, the, the, short, the, the short answer is he hasn't. Yeah. Um, I still love him, and I think he's a – a great basketball coach and while he is hard on these kids Mm -hmm. he's that type of coach like he's extremely hard on them but they love him Mm -hmm. so and i I don't think i've ever had any complaints at least while he's while he's been at carolina Mm -hmm. about any kind of that stuff so he he reminds me a lot of a paul johnson where he's like very tough but those kids love him yeah i think he's kind of like that but yeah they got big win over florida state play that game in rock hill too which is kind of cool to see yeah. Um, and uh, I had a friend who was reporting on that game and said it was one of the best atmospheres they've seen for a basketball game. So hopefully they keep going nice. back there. Maybe bring Clemson in there one year, bring South Carolina up there, bring Charlotte yeah. over there, do something like that. So um, just to say something quick about Florida State, uh, they're they're a little bit down. Not, yeah, they're not doing great. ACC as a whole is kind of down because Virginia hasn't looked great. Yeah. Really just been Duke, North Carolina, and Syracuse kind of, but they lost to Georgetown. So yeah, and Georgetown hey. lost to South Carolina. So go figure. Yeah. And uh, also, right between the ACC, VMI is beating Wake Forest right now by eight. Um, yeah. And uh, Clemson just took a lead on Miami of Ohio with seven minutes left in the game. That's okay. That's fun. Uh, this is going to be tied at halftime. Uh, Alex Hemingway is the leading scorer for Clemson, if you want to know how that game's going for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Duke- South Carolina, sorry, South Carolina does play at Clemson this week uh, yeah. on Saturday. So that should be a good game, it looks like. Yeah, should be a fun one. Uh, right now, Duke is rolling over South Carolina State 35-14. to 14. Expected yeah. that, and good to see. Paolo Blanchera already stuffing the stat sheet. Nine points, five rebounds, and two assists. Yes, sir. Uh, good to see Duke back after that two-week layoff to uh, come back strong and mm-hmm. not mess around with yeah. South Carolina State. On the women's side, South Carolina keeps playing these good teams and keeps getting wins. They knock That's off so Maryland. Uh, come from behind to beat Maryland. Three pro shooting down the stretch gets them the win. Uh and rebounding a uh, heck of a game by uh by this yeah. really good South Carolina team. Yeah. Um freaking uh rebounding or no not rebounding free throw shooting abysmal, but yeah. it did get them through it at the end. So mm-hmm. props to them there. And then without being without uh Destiny Henderson as well, this was a this is a big win over another top ten team. That's four top ten wins for this South Carolina Gamecock squad. Yeah. Um uh, looking also UConn women out Paige Bukers and they go to Georgia Tech and lose. Uh, now Fortner, man, has been on yeah. a roll since getting there. And Georgia Tech, got to be looking up for them. But they do recover and knock off UCLA on Saturday with a big time comeback win. South Carolina plays Duke on Wednesday, so a little bit of mm-hmm. pass by the time they court up in Cameron. Duke uh, looking really good under Carol Lawson mm-hmm. in her yep. first full season. So, yeah, I'm uh, looking good for that. But, Waff, you know what game I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I You've do. all probably seen this on. You may have seen this on Twitter. You may have seen this somewhere. Uh, Georgia Southern took on Carver Bible College at uh, 11 a.m. in a field day game where all the kids come in. Normally, you'd see this game and it's like, that's ah, a win for Georgia Southern, whatever. Oh, it was a win for Georgia Southern. Uh, it was more than that. Yeah. It was the final score was Georgia Southern dropped 133 points. Carver scored 15. One. Five. To 15. put Georgia Southern started this game on a 19 nothing run. Carver at, at 132 left in the first quarter. Tyee Treasure gets an and one play. 
What a name. Yeah. Uh, they're down 25 to 5 with the Carver College Cougars. Well, when was the next time that Carver scored a point? Well, Richard, the, uh, the answer would be with four minutes and 38 seconds left in the third quarter. That point was 79 to 7. It was 99 to 9 at the end of the third quarter. I'm going to let that marinate for you. Just, just, um, let, just let it soak for a minute. Yeah. Go go look at this box score. Please go look at it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's wild. Uh, Georgia Southern had 90 points in the paint. They had 78 points off of 49 turnovers. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it even great. Carver shot the ball 49 times, which means on almost every possession, you're either throwing a shot up or turning the ball over if you're a Carver. Um, Stats to each shuffer, not really a whole lot. Nobody had 20 points for Georgia Silver, which makes this even – this is just a beat down. Yeah, it's all around. Everybody got in on the action. Yeah, everybody scored that played for Georgia Southern. Um, We were a close triple-double. For Deja Holmes off the bench with 12 points, seven steals, and nine assists. She also had a rebound and had three blocks. And she played 28 minutes. Yeah. This, like Carver Bible College is a sketchy school anyway. Yes, it is. There's maybe 300 people that go there. They always play these games. You look for the athletics page, there's nothing there. Their men's yeah. team um, also sketchy. They played Gardner-Webb. They played Kennesaw State. They played Liberty the other night. They go out and play these money games. I think that's how they support the school. Yeah. It's a sketchy school. It's very interesting to see, you know, what exactly happens. I've I've been there personally, mm-hmm. and it is in – I don't even remember what year it was. Maybe like 2017 we so, played yeah. with Lander. And we, we went there for whatever reason. <laughs> we went there. I still don't know. Yeah. And that led to some other things. There were – because we, we had a home and home with them, and we played them at home the next year. And they didn't get there yeah. on time. It got and, snowed uh, out or something yeah, first. It's, it's, and then they were like, well, we don't have to play this because y'all are in the middle of conference. They're like, oh, we're going to play it. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we went there, and the gym is just like it, it looks like an old southern church gym. Mm-hmm. It, it, but it's not regulation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, uh, a regulation basketball court is what, 94 feet? Yeah. Isn't that what Jay Billis' segment is called? Mm-hmm. This is a, le- a legit high school court. It's a- it's only 84 feet. I was uh, in pregame, I was throwing up half court shots and they were th- like there were three pointers. Like it, it, the, the, there was no, I didn't have to put much effort into it, is my yeah, my meaning. And you you could just tell. And you know, and, and for us, like a team like Lander, which I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this don't really know about Lander. We press and we run fast. and But I never thought that playing on a shorter court, how much that would affect us being able to run. Now, we still won the game by a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it didn't flow well because, you know, we're trying to turn and run and go, and you don't have as much space as you think you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really affected it. And it's just they, they don't have a regulation court. Like, that just blows my mind. It looks like a – uh, old church gym mm-hmm. that that's just it's run down and it's obviously been there for years and I'm sure people who go to church there have a great time playing in it 
but this is not where college basketball no. should be played. And they are playing D2 and D1 schools. This is uh, right. It's one of those very sketchy colleges that you talk about. Um, yeah, like, like, like the, the the Long Beach that popped up this year. Yeah. That is, that is a real school. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the Bishop Sycamores, yeah. t- um, things like this that are just like – it's like okay. as a one that pops up every yeah. couple of years in Charlotte. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, sketchy stuff there. Um, yeah, so but, hey, listen – all publicity is good publicity, I guess, if you're Carver uh, Bible yeah. College. No, you're uh, right. I don't know, but their men's team is notorious for just going around playing a bunch of teams like a horrible version of the Harlem Globetrotters. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Interesting to see. Um, they, Biggest they, thing for me about this game is well, if you don't know anything about Georgia Southern, which I still don't know a whole lot, but I do know who the coach is. Yeah. The head coach for Georgia Southern is in her th- uh, third, third year. year. Yeah. Uh, her name's Anita Howard, and she started um, lo- lower D2 level. I think she was like a high school coach, and then she eventually got so, the job yeah. at, at Livingstone, yeah. uh, which is, I believe, an HBCU in, in D2. Mm-hmm. And she turned their program around and had some re- a lot of success there. And then she got the job at Columbus State, um, which is in the same conference as Landers, in the Peach Belt Conference. They're located in Columbus, Georgia. And she replaced – God bless, I can't remember the name of the coach, but she replaced a coach who was very, very good um, and had led Columbus State to be one of the better teams in the country uh, and had come off like a Final Four appearance. And, like, they they had all these girls that were just such good players. Um, and, you know, they, they were coming off a regular NCAA tournament appearances and making it pretty far in the tournament. And she took this team over and took them uh, first year now with all his players, took them to the um, Elite Eight. Um, and, you know, she had a, lot, a ton of success at, Col- mm-hmm. at Columbus State. And I have a lot of animosity for her because <laughs> my senior year, uh, we were in the Peach Belt Tournament and they bounced us. And there's no reason they should have bounced us. They had one mm-hmm. good player named Tatiana Wayne. She used to throw up 40 shots a game. She only <laughs> made 17. But she just shot all the time. And, of course, we called her on the day where she was red hot. And we lost. And that's not how my senior year ended, thankfully. But yeah. it did rob me of another Peach Belt Championship. Yeah. So, darn you, Anita Howard, and your <laughs> clothes and your heels that you wear on the sidelines. Um, but another thing uh, – a key instrumental piece as well as Tatiana Wayne to that team that beat Lander, beat me in my senior year, was Taya Gibson, who mm-hmm. is now playing for her at Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. And um, had uh, – how many points did she have the other night? God bless. I just lost it. She had 15 points. She was 6-9 from the four, three, three from the line. Um, so, you know, she was able to bring some talent with her. And also one of her assistants was with her at, at Columbus State. So and she she started out eight and two, so good for her. Yeah, she's done really well. Um, Georgetown's got a weird schedule, so they played Allen in the exhibition, murdered mm-hmm. them. They beat Auburn on the road, which yes, they did. Nothing to sneeze at. Uh, beat Fort Valley State, the FIU in overtime. Go out to San Diego, lose San Diego State, but then they go play San Diego Christian on the road, who's an NAIA school. Murder them, of course. Uh, beat South Carolina State, lose to Indiana State, beat Kosh Charleston. They scored 121 on Gardner-Webb. That was a school record for points. Gave up 105. Yeah, gave 105. Yeah. Gardner-Webb had a player score 38 points in that game and a player, another player score 36 points in that game and lost, if you want mm-hmm. to think about that. Uh, and then, of course, this game against Carver Bible College, 
This this the highest second highest attended game in school history at George Southern too, which is wild. Like say all those kids in there. Freaking field day games, man. Yep, twenty six hundred people were there for that game. So those kids got a show. <laughs> they got an absolute show. They play Kennesaw State next, which uh, will be interesting to see. Kennesaw's it's like team. when it's like when uh, well, and Anita Howard knows this from being at Columbus State, but it's like when Columbus State, who is um, also right there near what is it, Fort Bragg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, not Fort Bragg, no, Fort oh, Benning. Um, Fort yeah, Benning, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, out there in Columbus. And uh, they – a couple times when, when we played them at Columbus, it was military day, and they just they had all, them all these there. freaking military people there who obviously don't normally come to games, but it just adds the attendance. There's 2,500 people in this arena, and they're, uh, they're military people. They're great at coordinated shouting, I guess let's yeah. call it. And it's just – it's a crazy environment. I'm just like, of course – when we come to town, this mm-hmm. is what you got. And mm-hmm. I think the last time they had Military Day, we freaking lost, and that was the game that my Leah tore her ACL. So mm-hmm. yeah, I freaking hate Columbus State. I do not. <laughs> they do not like Anita Howard at all. So screw Georgia State, Georgia Southern. Oh man. Well, now we've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But props to them. I mean, they're eight and two. But screw them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll go to college football now. And before we wrap up, uh, Army-Navy was this past weekend. Another instant classic. Way too much passing for my liking, dang it. Yeah, <laughs> there we were, was a lot. There was surprisingly a lot. Yeah. Army used the play action pass. And Navy was running out of the shotgun a lot. But uh, it worked. And Navy won the game 17-13 to uh, to upset Army. Um, again, we tell you, well, the records don't matter when those two teams play. And uh, Navy, big-time win. Uh, it's a team that was – falling apart at the beginning of the year. And Ken Niamatololo, props to him for keeping them together and to get that win. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if this is his final year. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but that's a big-time win to get. Um, craziest play was on that fake punt, if you haven't seen it. Diego Fago, uh, who's like their best player for Navy, catches it off as the up back, and he catches the snap. But apparently, he didn't know the play was happening. The, lot, the long snapper just saw there was an opening on the left side of the defense. And just said, okay, and just threw it back to Dakega for go, and he ran and scored. So that's wild play, and that kept the game-winning drive alive for Navy. And then, of course, Fago made a big-time stop on fourth and two to uh, to get the win for the midshipmen. So crazy game. Um, another instant classic between those two as well. Always a great atmosphere. Again, bucket list item for sure. Yeah. Um, and FCS playoffs, we got to talk about this because there was an upset in the FCS playoffs. The defending champion, Sam Houston State, no more. They lose to the Montana State Bobcats. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they they got – they lost, and they lost uh, bad. Um, I honestly forgot that was going on. I was watching uh, Friday night. I watched mm-hmm. uh, James Madison in Montana, a little yeah. bit of it. Yeah, James Madison – I forgot about the other ones. Yeah, James Madison beats Montana 28-6, to but – um. Yeah, Montana State rolls over Sam Houston 42 to 19. This game was 21 yeah, oh nothing gosh. at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, quarterback uh, Sam Houston, Eric Schmidt, still had a good game. 354 yards passing, two touchdowns, but still had three interceptions. Yeah. Uh, for him. So the Bobcats go on the road. Uh, Mellett, the quarterback, just goes six of 11 for 165 yards and two touchdowns. But Ifonzi, their running back. Uh, 24 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Montana State got up 28 nothing. excuse me, at one point in this game and just didn't look back. So, mm-hmm. three turnovers forced. Um, 
just a great job of Montana State to upset the number one seed in the playoffs, Sam Houston yep. State on the road. Uh, other games, North Dakota State rolls over ETSU 27-3. If you love if you love the triple, it's like the, North Dakota State doesn't run the triple option. They just run power running. Yeah. And it is beautiful. If you like a power eye pro-style game, both of these teams have it for you. Mm-hmm. And North Dakota State just ran like A-gap runs all day and pulled away 27-3. And then another upset on the road, South Dakota State knocks off Villanova 35-21 to on the road. Um, big time win for the Jackrabbits, who I believe had some players hurt, but ended up winning this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, Daniel – excuse me. Yeah, their starting quarterback was uh, Chris Oladukun. Oladukun, yeah. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> yeah, uh, who's been there for forever? I feels like um, had a pretty good had a pretty good day as well to get in. So uh, now your semifinals are I believe JMU and JMU at North Dakota State. That's North Dakota be a State bowl game. That is a uh, national championship rematch from mm-hmm. multiple times, right? Yeah, they, they played each other multiple times. I think three years in a row they did. Yeah, that's gonna and, be fun. Uh, and then South Dakota State and Montana State. There could be some snow in that one, which makes me excited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, very excited for that one. Um, and then we'll, but now we're going to get to our favorite part. It's bowl season. That it is. It's a wonderful time of the year. And we're going to kind of go quickly through all of these bowl games mm-hmm. as quick as we can. We'll talk a little bit about them. And of course, talk about the major ones, the, the uh, kind of smaller ones, and just some interesting matchups in these. So we start December 17th at noon. You just get off work early, you know, and just go watch this. Uh, Middle yeah. Tennessee and Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl, the unsponsored Bahamas Bowl. I will gladly sponsor it. Um, yeah, what what a way to start the freaking bowl season because this this game I feel is always crazy. It, it always delivers. First of all, the atmosphere there is crazy because there's like no yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I think you can bring you can open carry like beer and stuff in. Yeah, like, you can bring your own stuff as long as you bring I mean, it to the armed guards that are standing there with machine guns. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you're you're a just you're just a good old boy from Toledo, Ohio, and you get your boys out and you both come in with uh, you and your boys come in with a case of beer each i mean what a day <laughs> yeah uh people were walking on the track on the sideline those games yeah. ago yeah. it's just wild and of course it's had some good games central michigan of course a few years ago almost completed that crazy comeback yeah against, against western, western kentucky. kentucky and then lost in the two-point conversion it's yeah. a wild game eastern michigan had a big time win down there one year um just a lot of fun usually when those when that this game is played and just a wait get ready to start it off uh, the, also on Friday, th- this game is exciting. I'm really excited for this one. Six o'clock is Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina in the Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Northern Illinois went from 0 and 6 to the MAC champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year, Coastal Carolina, uh, 10 and 2. Uh, had a great season again. Um, not as great, of course, as last year when they went undefeated, but still a good season for them. And this should be a heck of a game between these two teams. Uh, Coastal's yeah. a ten and a half point favorite in this one, which is kind of wild. But it's gonna be kind of fun to see Rocky Lombardi against Grayson McCall. Yeah. What stadium is this? Oh, it's oh, it's the soccer stadium. Yeah, they're playing at the soccer stadium because it's smaller in Orlando. Because I was like, I was like, I know it's not the Bounty House. Who yeah. else plays in Orlando? Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> that 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 game's exciting. I, I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be 85. Oof. 
Oh, that's it. Uh, oh, no, no. used to that. So, normally, yeah. right it's sponsored that. by Tail Greeter. What in the world is Tail I'm Greeter? I'm not entirely sure. I'm on it. I'm on it. You can keep, right. keep going. I'll, I'll right. update you. Uh, yeah, full slate on December 18th with the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Interesting. All right. At 11 a.m. between Western Kentucky and App State, uh, these two teams are going to break the scoreboard. Bailey Zappi, quarterback for Western Kentucky. Uh, you have Chase Bryce, quarterback for App State. This game's going to be insane. I was at FAU Stadium. Uh, the over-under in this game is 67 and a half. <laughs> um, it's going to be wild. Um, okay, Tail Greeter update. Mm-hmm. Tail Greeter, when you pull up their website, says connecting you with the best tailgates at every game. So this is a website specifically designed to get you drunk and ready for a, f- a football game or whatever sporting so, event. So it's going to is... find you the best tailgates and I guess give you set oh, tailgate spots. Okay, that... yeah. So, like, there's this one on here for Chargers and Chiefs, $30 a person. Yeah. Um, you have ticket packages for the Cure Bowl. You have a sideline game ticket. Oh. Uh, a tailgate. I believe that's it. something else. It looks like, yeah. Why are we not going? I know this is great. They, they're, doing awesome. the, they're doing it for the Boca Raton Bowl too. They have stuff for West Ham and Arsenal, a free event over in England. This is a great business idea. I love it. I'm all about it. It's insane. They have all of these for all the bowl games. It looks like, yeah, it looks like they have packages for almost all the at least pre, no, all the post Christmas games. It looks like too. So, well, heck yeah, this is a heck smart yeah. idea. Whoever came up with this, Good yeah. For them. Anyway, uh, getting back to the bowl schedule, uh, at noon you have the Celebration Bowl, HBCU National Championship for D1 between Jackson mm-hmm. State and South Carolina State. Um, this game is sold out, which is wild. Yeah, that's just two, be fun. It's two FCS teams playing, and it's sold out. This is a game a few years ago. Without, tickets were $5, and they had mm-hmm. 18,000 people in Mercedes-Benz, and now it's going to be sold out. Um, you can say all you want about Coach Prime, Deion yeah, Sanders. Yeah. But he's got a good team and mm-hmm. he's marketed them well. Yeah. No <laughs> he's, he's done that job. And South Carolina State's a good football team too. We're undefeated in the MEAC. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting matchup, I think, to see what's uh, between those two teams. A fun game down in Atlanta. Uh, yeah. th- this one, first of all, I think Chris Fowler has no, or Reese Davis, one of them has no idea what uh, this is the sponsor is for this. I didn't know for a while. This is the PUBG Mobile. The video game. What a what New Mexico an unbelievable bowl. sponsor. That's almost like the Raid Shadow Legends Bowl. <laughs> like, what that that's so crazy to be um, PUBG Mobile or like a, a, the, the Fortnite the Fortnite Bowl, bowl. Like, <laughs> the Call of Duty Warzone Bowl. Like what? <laughs> no, it would be wild if when it comes out in uh, 2023, the NCAA football bowl game. Yeah. Or maybe, We're just breaking so many rules right now. <laughs> throw it back to 2007. There should have been a Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock Bowl. <laughs> like, <laughs> the trophy's just won the, a golden uh, controller. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a golden controller that is actually operational. And every team, you don't get packages for going to this bowl game. All you get, you get a free PS2 
with a copy, a, with, of, the one, with a copy of the game and a controller of your team on it, like the colors. <laughs> oh, that's sick! I want that. I and want and that so at, at the end, the winning the MVP's got to play for the Fire and the Flames on the video board. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is be great. Where were we? Where was this? Fourteen years ago. God, God. This, this should have been the. Oh gosh, what was the bowl game that was always on like? January 6th, but it was like oh, the international bowl up in like Canada yeah, or, like, or something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one that like Central Michigan when they had Dan the Fever yeah. used to always yeah. go to. Like it should have been that bowl game. <laughs> oh man. Uh this one uh is Fresno State and UTEP. Fresno State, our board Jake Hayner. Still a solid yeah. season. 3,810 yards, for each touchdowns, nine interceptions. I think he's playing in this game. Fresno State doesn't have a coach, by the way. So that's gonna be interesting to see. Um <laughs> Uh, against UTEP, who's turned it around. UTEP, usually a really bad team, uh, finished seven and five this year. Didn't end a strong. Didn't end strong. They were six and one at one point, I believe. Just kind of fell apart yeah. toward the end. But hey, they got to the bowl game, and that's all you can. Uh, that's all I can say for a job well done down at UTEP. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, the Radiance Technologies mm-hmm. Independence Bowl, BYU and UAB. First of all, BYU is number 13 in the country, and they're going to the Independence Bowl, which is uh, – That's disrespectful. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. But it should be a good game against UAB. Bill Clark has done a heck of a job there getting them back mm-hmm. after uh, the team was shut down, keeping them together. It should be a fun game at least, yeah. for sure. Uh, then at 545, you have the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. It's not in Live Peoples, thank God, so you get to actually yeah. play in a good stadium. Right. Uh, it's Liberty in Eastern Michigan. Um, this is a game I feel like this is going to happen, but it could be really fun because Malik Willis is playing in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eastern Michigan, uh, seven five, classic MAC team, just kind of yeah. snuck up and beat some people they shouldn't have. But uh, yeah, it could get weird. It could get interesting. It's probably going to be one of those we're going to look back and go, "This was a really stupid game," but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Next one, 7.30, uh, your first Power 5 game. It could be a fun one. It's, but first of all, it's the Jimmy Kimmel yeah. L.A. Bowl presented by Stifle. <laughs> These names are wild. I These are it. so stupid. <laughs> so, like, like Lending Tree is pretty normal. That one stuck around for a while, but like the yeah. Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. Yeah. Presented by Stifle. I don't know what Stifle is, but you know what? Is Jimmy Kimmel going to do his, like, night show at halftime or something? <laughs> That's the halftime is uh, the show. Uh, well, Stif- it, it, it's in SoFi Stadium. It's it's. <laughs> Why is SoFi not presenting this? <laughs> How many people you think will show up this game? How many fans does SoFi hold? Probably, like, 70? Yeah, that's maybe – I'm going to say – I would say less than half. Yeah. I don't know how many Utah State fans there are out in the world. Oregon State, I feel like, has less. <laughs> oh, that's the game. It's Utah State and Oregon State. Uh, Utah State, the Mac champ, uh, Mountain West champions, excuse me. Yeah. Um, Utah State might win this game pretty good. <laughs> yes, uh, Utah State is good. Yeah. Um, Stifle, by the way, is a financial firm with the most corporate-looking, boring website. It's one of those financial <laughs> investment things, whatever, yeah. but it has a bunch of money for some reason and sponsors bowl games. Over under for this game is 67 and a half. Tickets are as low as $21. Hey, let's go. All right. Um, and final game on Saturday. This one stuck around for a while. RL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, Louisiana, yeah. and Marshall. That could be a really fun game in the Superdome. It's going to be a Louisiana home game. Yes. For sure. 
Um, yep. Levi Lewis, quarterback for Louisiana, is a lot of fun. But uh, Marshall, really good team, consistently good team. And they score 34 points a game. So this is a, this could be a fun one as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, December 20th, the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway. Mm. <laughs> Yay. Uh, is Old Dominion and Tulsa. All right. <laughs> Old Dominion Nexus. makes sense for this selection because they're like five hours away. Tulsa? Yeah. Yeah. You get to come to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, but you don't even get to go to the beach. Yeah, you're 45 you minutes away. <laughs> you're 45 minutes away. Um, yeah. At least you got a nice stadium to play in. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah, is... and you, you know, some of these Tulsa kids they they don't always get to even get sniff the beach. So. Exactly. You know, I feel like Old Dominion's. I was kind of like, we live in Norfolk. We're right near the beach. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're right near probably a much nicer beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Myrtle um, Beach sucks for all you people that go to Myrtle Beach. It, it does. It really does. Um, it's going. What's the weather for this? I don't see a weather for this yet. It's probably going to be windy and cold too, because around this time it's always windy and cold down there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be – it's also 2.30 on a Monday is when this game's being played. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's that, that, that's what tells you about all you need to know about Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. Uh, December 21st, Kent State and Wyoming in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. At Albertson Sam, it's at 3.30 in the afternoon as well. It's going to be um, frigid. Yeah, it's going to be cold. Oh, yeah, 35 degrees. They have weather for this one. 35 degrees at Albertson Stadium. Yeah. Um, Wyoming used to that. They play there almost every other year because they play Boise. Uh, Kent State yeah. from Ohio. They get to see Dustin Crum, um, who's a pretty good quarterback for the Golden Flashes. Uh, I hope so they wear those light blue uniforms. Those, those light blue uniforms are gorgeous. Oh, my God. If they wear light blue and, and uh, Oregon goes, like, yellow over brown, oh, my <laughs> gosh. What a uni matchup. <laughs> On the blue field? Oh, gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited for that game. Now. I know. That's I don't. I want to see the uni reveals for this one. Let's go. <laughs> uh, then finally, you have the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. This is going to be a fun one. This That's is a really fun game. one. UTSA and San Diego State couldn't be more opposite teams in how they operate. UTSA is right. going to try to score like crazy. San Diego State is going to try to stop you with the punt god Matt Ariza. Yeah, who got some votes for the Heisman. <laughs> he got some third place votes for the Heisman, so good for him. Um, uh, but yeah, this is going to be a fun game. Good to see UTSA in a big primetime game against a good team um, like San Diego State. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we can see both these teams go at it again. Mm-hmm. Two entirely different types of offenses, but could be a lot of fun. Yeah. See that one. Uh, December 22nd, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. How did Missouri get to a bowl game? Because they beat South Carolina. Ah, uh, well. Well, their rewards, they got to play the troops. Um, They play Army in yeah. this one. Uh, Army's going to beat them. Yeah, it's always it's always fun to watch, you know, teams who are not used to the option, which is a lot of teams, but especially mm-hmm. like an SEC team like Missouri, yeah. see how they can handle the option attack well, with Army. Every, every time Army plays a Big Ten team, for that first quarter, that's just pure panic in everybody's eyes. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. Like, well, like when they almost beat Michigan. A <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just remember against when they almost beat Oklahoma 
with Oklahoma oh State. yeah that too and took him to overtime and yeah. army had the ball four times that entire game and almost yeah. won yeah <laughs> they just couldn't stop him on defense it was the only that's the only reason army lost <laughs> um, but yeah no uh this is gonna um, be i think sorry. it was no i think it was a few years ago army army played somebody I think it was Sandy. I'm in San Diego State, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's gonna be a close game." And I think Army got up 35 nothing at halftime. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be a fun game." Because obviously Army runs the ball a lot, but so does Missouri, and they do have Tyler Beatty in the backfield sure. who has 1600 yards since his last game in college. So it'll be fun to see how he goes out and see if he could eclipse like if he has a a big day and yeah. eclipse 1800 yards. Yeah, interesting to see. <laughs> third on 330 uh you have miami ohio against north texas in the frisco football classic this game was invented this year because we had a weird number of bowl teams and it's a classic interesting yeah it's being played at the same stadium that the frisco bowl is being played just two days later by the way yeah that's yeah that's dumb why yeah. why would they not stretch that out a little bit more but yeah um Congrats to Miami, Ohio, and North Texas for getting there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, Miami, Ohio, don't forget, they're quarterbacked by Blaine Gabbert's little brother. So, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, this will be a football game that will be played. So, yeah, <laughs> go watch it. Uh, another bowl game that is sold out, uh, Union Home Mortgage Gasparillo Bowl, UCF and Florida. There's going to be at least four fights in this game. Yep. And I'm excited because UCF has wanted to play Florida for years. Florida kept saying no. They agreed to a game in like 2028 20, or something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah, no. Florida had a bad year. UCF had a good year. So Gasparilla Bowl was like, okay, y'all playing each other. Yep, let's do it. We'll, we'll give you an early dose. And Florida sucks. So, yep. Uh, of course, this is pre Billy Napier as well, yeah. Florida. Uh, he's still not quite the head coach yet. He'll probably be at the game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for a fight because you know these. Two teams have been talking smack to each other. They probably grew up playing with each other and against each other in high school. This is going to be a fun one, I think, just for the Mm -hmm. pure just – it could be a horrible game, but there's going to be some fights in this one. Yeah. Uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl as Hawaii hosts Memphis. Um, this is at Hawaii. This is at uh, the University of Hawaii's campus because, of course, the uh, they tore down the uh, Aloha Stadium because it was horrible. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, um, they tore it down, and so now you get to see Hawaii. Basically, it's another home game, which is nice. Hawaii didn't have fans for half the year because COVID was really bad out there. Mm-hmm. So it's good just to get them to get the one more game in front of their home fans too. Yeah, um, you know, I can say Memphis has been so up and down. I got that one over Mississippi State, controversial, but. They've just been so up and down this year. Has been Memphis. So try to go out with yeah. a win, right? Uh, Christmas Day, yeah, Christmas Day bowl game at the Crampton Bowl, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, at the, in the Tax Act Camellia Bowl, Georgia State and Ball State at two thirty afternoon. Where else would you want to be on Christmas Day? Well, I, I was, I literally was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Where else would you want to be? Would you want to be at a home opening presents? No, I want to be at the Crampton Bowl. Exactly, yeah, and. <laughs> What's the weather predicted for this? I haven't had the weather yet on here. Watch it be really cold and rainy or something. Just everybody's yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, this game will be interesting. But yeah, cozy up by the fireplace and watch the Camellia Bowl with your friends and family. Yeah. Uh, December 27th, the Quick Lane Bowl up in Detroit. This is a game I would never want to go to, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Western Michigan and Nevada. So it's going to be, a, I think, it's going to be a pretty fun game. Remember, Western Michigan beat Pitt. Western Michigan beat Pitt and Carson Strong for Nevada is not playing because he is preparing for the NFL draft. So 
that's disappointing. At least Western Michigan is basically a home game. Yeah, and that's why Western Michigan is also a four and a half point favorite. So yeah, is that eleven a.m. Eastern? That's ten a.m. Central time. Oh, why? <laughs> uh, tickets are as low as eight dollars for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who? who well, would you rather go to the Crampton Bowl or Detroit Crampton Bowl? Crampton Bowl. Yeah. At least Crampton Bowl. I'm going to the game and getting out. I feel like. Here, yeah. a guy goes to Detroit, and I'm like, eh, maybe I try to make a weekend of it, and then Mm-mm. bad things happen. <laughs> yep, and yep, it's not, not good for anybody. It's like going to a Pistons game. It's not good for anybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, also on December 27th that afternoon, Boston College and ECU at 2.30 in the Military Bowl. I've Fun. At the Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Uh, well, props to ECU for getting the 7-5. and five, and They were close to beating some teams. Almost beat South Carolina, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, played some other teams close in the American. They played uh, Houston close, played UCF close. So, this is a team Mike Houston has uh, got an extension from them because he's got them back in the right direction. It's their first bowl game since Ruffin McNeil got fired. So, the curse might be over. Yeah. Moscow's kind of fell apart with the injury to Phil Dracovic. So, Interesting to see them, how they respond in this game. I just remember a few years ago, Navy played Virginia in this uh, bowl game, and Navy beat the Tar. Virginia, like 45 to nothing. So, (laughs) that's all I can think about when I see this game. Uh, December 28th, now you're starting to get into, we have a game every day, or multiple games every day. Uh, Auburn and Houston in the Birmingham Bowl. Uh, This is a big-time game for Houston to kind of show, for Dana Holgerson, to kind of show some people like, hey, we – Took Cincinnati yeah. to the limit for a bit, and let's go beat a Power 5 team. Get Auburn without Bo Nix. He's transferring out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's South Carolina. That's who you should have gotten. I'm just saying. Shut up. He's undefeated against Nick Saban. Shut <laughs> up. He's undefeated against Nick Saban. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Bojangles sponsorships right there, too, by the way. Just, just saying. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, Birmingham Bowl. All I can think about is that thread about the time South Carolina went to the Papa John's Bowl against UConn and it was disgusting and you right, that's that, that that's two statements in a row that have pissed me off <laughs> stop <laughs> that game sucked it was in Birmingham and it was like 15 degrees and raining <laughs> and we lost to UConn god bless man they ran out of Papa John's pizza <laughs> Papa it's, John's it's so bad <laughs> Uh, we, yeah. we lost 20 to six. All right, I, I'm not, I'm not getting into it. Just move <laughs> on, please. Uh, Clayton Toon, the quarterback of Houston should have a field day in this one. Auburn's probably gonna have a bunch of people opt out. And so we'll, we'll see what happens in this one. Yeah. Um, the surf pro first responder bowl, uh, air force and Louisville air force is going to run all over Louisville. <laughs> yes. Louisville has Malik Cunningham and that's about it. Yeah. And you know that is it. It's that is the bottom. The, the it's over. Yeah. And again, after Malik coming in, nothing. This is going to be one of those games where you're going to see Louisville's eyes get real big in that first quarter. The first time they see a triple option play. Yeah. <laughs> so um, interesting to see how they respond to that. Louisville's picked to win this game, but I, hmm, I'm not sure. I always, I've always respected Air Force just because they run the option, but they'll also like pull out the. The, the power eye, and they'll pull out the Maryland mm-hmm. eye and the wishbone. Like, they'll do a bunch of And then sometimes stuff. they'll just drop back and pass. and like, what is going on with this team? Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Yeah. 
Um, quietly went nine and three this year. Very, very good team. Yeah, they were right there. Um, they were right there in it for the Mountain West, and that I, we talked about it before. But that game against Nevada, that was a heck of a ball game this year. Late night, uh, Pac-12 after dark, eat your heart out. Mountain West after dark, <laughs> that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, next game, this is going to be a big one. AutoZone Liberty Bowl between Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Uh, Mike Leach back against Texas Tech for the first time since he left yeah. there. Um, going to be this one's going to be no defense at all. The over under is no. 59 and a half. Um, Will Rogers versus um, Henry Columbia, who hasn't looked great as quarterback, he had to come in and kind of step in after an injury, but still, both teams averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, and this game is going to be insane. I think they're going to break the scoreboard in this one. Um, could also get weird, real weird, real late because it's a Mike Leach coach team. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eight o'clock, the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. Fun. UCLA and NC State. This is going to be a lot of fun. First of all, it's being played in Petco Park because again, Qualcomm Stadium is no longer there. Stupid. So we're playing in a baseball stadium again. With this option available, why can why San Diego State have to drive two hours away to play home games? Yes, but <laughs> football games in baseball stadiums suck. Yeah, we get uh, except Duke versus four, Indiana in the pinstripe. Ball well, said, there are four of them in a row in bowl season. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be weird. Uh, Doreen Thompson Robinson again going to throw uh, <laughs> four of sixteen for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Dennis Leary, who's coming back – or Devin Leary, excuse me, who's coming back next year for NC State. Yeah. Um, that's big for them. Of course, Zach Charbonnet as well, running back to UCLA. This is going to be a crazy game. And I think this is a game where NC State can prove they're going to take a step forward. Yeah. Good year. Uh, NC State, again, always guaranteed four losses, and they're 9-3, and three, so. Ah, uh, yep. Over-under, <laughs> so, over-under 60. Ooh, that's going to be a crazy, crazy game. Um, And then – Finally, at 10-15 on a Tuesday night, I know what you want to watch is a guaranteed rate bowl from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, between West you, Virginia and Minnesota. You know it. I'm <laughs> all about it. Low-key going to be fun. Tanner Morgan versus uh, Jared Doge. Or Jared Doge. I already say his name. Daggy. I think it's Daggy. I, think it's, I like it. I think it's Doge, like the Husky meme. It's funny. <sighs> Fair enough. Uh, props to Neil Brown for getting West Virginia back to a bowl game because West Virginia was bad for a while. Yeah. And uh, back to the bowl game again. Tanner Morgan, not a great season, but can go out with a pretty good game here. Yeah. December 29th, wake up early, 11 a.m. It's the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. <laughs> is it just like Wasabi as a whole, or is it like is it a company? <laughs> a company just named Wasabi, or are they just going to have like the free sauce. Wasabi? They're going to have Wasabi samples for everybody at the stadium. Everybody's going to be feeling a deep burn in the back of their <laughs> nose as they're watching this game. That deep burn you feel is Virginia football and Wasabi. <laughs> okay, there is a company called called Wasabi. It's what is this? It's like a tech company. But Why it's is like it called Wasabi. I don't know. The logo is green and that. Yeah, the logo's green. Yep, this is it. The Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. It's the first Division One bowl game to be held in New England. Did not know that. Mm, interesting. It's at Fenway Park. The Gillette Stadium's right there. Wait, wait. I I, kn- I knew it was at Fenway Park, but I just thought about this. How how are, How is the field going to fit? 
they did it for Harvard Yale a few years ago, and it barely fit. Because <laughs> Pisky's pole is that close, you know. Yeah, and where does the where does the green monster come into play? Like I <laughs> remember, I gotta look up the Harvard Yale layout. Mm. Let me see if I have it. They probably have a picture somewhere too, but let me see. I know Harvard Yale played at Fenway Park. So I was like the first, and I think I think Notre Dame played Boston College there one year. Uh Okay, they played it. So they had okay, it actually fits pretty well. So they took away where home plate is is one end zone. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm, the outfield. I'm looking at it now. I see it. So it fits pretty well. In my head, I there's I just feel like there's no way that should work. Yeah. It, it's not as bad as like at Wrigley Field, like can't use one of the end zones or whatever. Yeah, no, that sucks. But like this looks this doesn't look bad. Yeah. It just looks weird. So yeah. hopefully that's the way they go with it. Um, know what's funny too is that both Virginia teams are playing in baseball stadiums right after each other. Because next is a new era pinstripe bowl, Virginia Tech and Maryland, the old ACC matchup. Yeah. At Yankee Stadium. So interesting there. Uh got ACC classic matchup again. Maryland always the greatest team in September, and they fall apart. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they tally talk about Loa uh, had a pretty good season this year. For Maryland, and they got back to a bowl game. So that's all I can ask for. I think of Maryland right now is <laughs> to just get to a bowl game every year. So mm-hmm. then 545, we talked about this. The Cheez It Bowl was when Clemson and Iowa State at Camping World Stadium at 545 again. Wes Goodwin, you got to go against uh, Brees Hall and a Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Pretty good offense, pretty good defense. Clemson's going to go up against, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Hopefully, some of those players that were banged up at the end of the year can get back and play at least this game. Yeah, and also maybe it's a DJU has to kind of show like, hey, I should still be the starter going into next year. Yeah, uh, I wonder if somebody like Andrew Booth is a good. I wonder if he's going to sit out. That's what I'm wondering too. I haven't heard anything about that. Because him, Mario Goodrich has a lot either. of stuff. Never heard anything about mm-hmm. Skowski either. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see who sits out. Clemson hasn't had anybody sit out because they've been in playoff games. So it's interesting yeah. to see what happens there. Um, but this should be a pretty good game. Uh, I think right now, Iowa State's picked to win by one and a half right now. Yeah. Kind of um, surprising to me. but Yeah. Kind of is kind of surprising <clears> to, uh, I guess, just because of. Brees Hall, Brock Purdy are better than the combination of DJU and Will Shipley, I guess is what they're saying. I guess so. But yeah. Yeah. It'll be a it'll be a good game, I think. I think it'll be a really good game and a good proving point for this new staff moving forward. See what they can do. Uh 9-15. This is a big time matchup. The Valera Alamo Bowl, Oregon and Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, this fun. is a really fun game. Oregon trying to shake off the cobwebs. They looked bad the last two week, last few weeks of the season. Oklahoma, and of course, both teams are moving forward with new coaches too. Yeah. Um. So this is the interim's coaching those games, but uh, this should be really fun to see these two offenses play each other. Yeah. Um. Alamo Bowls not too kind to Oregon. <laughs> no. Yeah. They uh, had TCU that, that heartburn against TCU. What a game! That was wild. Uh. Yeah. The, this is. This is usually a fun game every year, mm-hmm. and this is a big-time, big-time game for sure. Yeah. December 30th, uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, Waffle. North Best Carolina, mayonnaise South in the world, Carolina. baby. 
<laughs> there is no other mayonnaise. If you use anything else, don't talk to me, Richard. <laughs> Listen, I was poor. Needed some mayonnaise. <laughs> I did I got did. Ingles brand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how poor you are. You don't betray Duke's mayonnaise. That's a, it's a way of life. That's going to be my new Twitter bio. Uh, yeah, North, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, I guess an old rivalry restored, a game that we've seen a couple times over the past eight years. And uh, North Carolina has won the um, – well, has won the, la- won the last meeting uh, a couple years ago, Sam Howell's freshman year, first year with Mac Brown back at the helm. And Carolina won the previous matchup. Uh, yeah, won the previous matchup early in the season. In a season when Carolina went three and nine, and North Carolina made the ACC title game, uh, <laughs> and then they played in like 2012 when Carolina was, you know, going through the the golden years, and uh, yeah. Carolina did win early in the season. But Charlotte has not been kind to South Carolina Gamecocks. I hope we can figure that out. Last time we played here uh, was the Belk Bowl, and. Yep. You 28 to nothing against Virginia. I don't even remember that game because I just tried to push it out of my mind. <laughs> uh, but UNC opening as a eight and a half point favorite. Um, so we will see the over under is 58 and a half. We'll see. I haven't heard anything about maybe like JJ Enigbare, who's supposed to be a big, big time draft pick for from Carolina. Haven't heard anything about him not playing. So I, I don't really know. Um, I would like to win. I'd like to overcome the charlotte demons but <laughs> we'll see this is big and shane beamer obviously after this best after the past monday we just had has done fantastic job recruiting but this is a big recruiting matchup you know right. between north and south carolina so it'd be a good one for shane beamer to win and you know kind of get some of those people on his side um in terms of that but uh, i'm excited for it i'm yeah I, I just don't like charlotte i'm so i'm scarred <laughs> what what's I'm funny scarred. is that they're playing a healer again in charlotte in like two years open the season so that's weird to see how that worked out um right the this game this is a sneaky good game the trans perfect music city bowl tennessee and purdue at three o'clock in nashville uh david uh no david bell unfortunately for purdue he's already moved on Mm. um but you still have that uh aiden o'connell at quarterback who's really good against hendon hooker who's coming back for tennessee next year yep that's a game changer for them Uh, again josh heupel Got them far ahead than they think everybody thought they would be. Yeah. So they're seven five going to the bowl game. A chance to prove it against a qu- sneaky good Purdue team that went eight and four. And again, beat Michigan State. So this is not a bad Purdue team at all. Yeah. Uh, Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer, two of the best hires mm-hmm. of this past year, both looking, both have home run hire potential. Yeah. Um, and they've both started off really good. And if they can, accentuate that with two bowl wins would be really nice but this game's going to be stupid fun i'm excited 63 and a half over under so points galore yeah this is going to be wild um for sure next game is going to be wild pit and michigan state in the chick-fil-a peach bowl i'm so ready this game will be fun can he pick it um of course we didn't really talk about a heisman bryce young won the heisman which we all kind of thought would win that but can he pick it uh finishing second i believe or he finished third no, he, he finished third because hey, Hutchinson finished Hutchinson second from finished Michigan. Second. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, but yeah, Kenny Pickett uh, looking to go out strong. Kenny Pickett looking like a good candidate to replace uh, Big Ben up in Pittsburgh, too, which would be uh, yeah. kind of wild. Um, yeah. Kenneth, Kenneth Walker in this game, who was a Heisman candidate for most of the year and then kind of fell off toward the end because of injuries and stuff. But uh, 
Michigan State found offense, and that's why they were pretty good in most games. Again, the game they lost against Ohio State, they couldn't find it. But right, uh, Peyton Ford against Kenny Pickett's going to be a lot of fun, um, for sure. The over under is sixty, and Michigan State's picked the win by one and a half. This is going to be just a instant classic, I think. Yeah, this game between two really good quarterbacks. So, and then you want the entire exact opposite of that. <laughs> Stay up late for ten thirty, and the. SRS distribution, Las Vegas Bowl, between Arizona State and Wisconsin, where the over-under is 42. Ew. Um, yeah, this is uh, – these are two teams that play defense. And, again, Wisconsin was not a bad team, 8-4. and four. They just had a tough schedule. Yeah. And Graham Mertz, I think, wasn't as good as people thought he would be this year. Mm-hmm. But still, chance for Wisconsin to end on a high note. And then Arizona State, they started off great and they kind of fell apart yeah. as well. So, one that look, one of these teams looking to continue on a high note and just end the season on a high note after just a rough year are lower standards than they expect. But, again, this is going to be a slow, methodical, pound-the-ball type of game. Yep. And if you enjoy that, great. But, man, after that Pitt-Michigan State game, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) be. It doesn't live up to the hype and the fast-paced Las Vegas. Yeah. Let me just say that. (laughs) Let's see. That never sleeps, and they fell asleep. (laughs) Yeah, there will be a lot of people sleeping during this one. Probably me. (laughs) Uh, New Year's Eve, as there are always big-time games on New Year's Eve, and we start with an absolute banger. The Tax Slayer Gator Bowl between Wake Forest and Texas A&M. Yes, 11 a.m. Uh, no Zach Calzada for Texas a He is transferring. Yeah, transferring. That's kind of surprising. I know that is very surprising because he was the guy that led them to that win over Alabama, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see what happens at the quarterback situation at Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, but uh, still Isaiah Spiller still in this game. Of course, this is Sam Hartman's last game for Wake Forest. Hopefully he can go out better than he did in the ACC championship. Um, but Texas A&M, overall is 57 and a half. Texas A&M picked the win by five. Just the fact that Wake Forest is 10 and three is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that they are number 17 in the country is phenomenal. If they can stamp it with this big time win to get an 11 win season, that's huge for Wake Forest. Yes, it is. Um, at noon, you have the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Love it. Washington State and Miami. This one could break the scoreboard because you have Javin DeLara, Washington State, and then Tyler Van Dyke of Miami. Mm-hmm. Over under 59 and a half. So, and Miami found a quarterback. It wasn't the guy we thought it would be. Right. But, man, this is going to be a fun game. Miami's set up for some success, especially with uh, Mario Cristobal coming in. Um, Again, I hate what they did to Manny Diaz. Yeah. But, and also, Max Borgie, I feel like he's been there for 15 years at Washington State. At running back, he is finally yeah. a senior. So, hopefully, he can go hmm. out. With something big for them. Uh, this next game, there's one reason to talk about it. It's the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Yeah. Uh, it'll be shown on Barstool, which is pretty interesting to think about. Um, it is Central Michigan and Boise State. The halftime show. Scott's that from Creed. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the only reason to watch this game. Yeah. On uh, Barstool is going to be streaming it, I guess, on their app. I'm sure. I think that's how they're streaming it. I, I guess or uh, you could probably watch it on the website or something. Yeah, or on Twitter or something, yeah. yeah. Um, this could be an interesting game, too. But, yeah, just watch the halftime show. That's, that's the main reason to watch it. I, I'm interested to know what the 
the like the gifts for the players are. That's going to be that bowl game. I think yeah. that 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 would be yeah. Like if I'm a you know college kid and I I still do like Barstool and all the yeah. a lot of content they put out, but um, the, I think that swag bag whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, I think that would be the dopest one. Yeah, especially if you win, stuff you're going to get that probably gonna yeah. Be. Or either the 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 older professional me love the belt bowl because i was just like god yeah i, I want to shop in spring Bell. that'd be great <laughs> i want some watches <laughs> uh, but what what does carolina and north carolina get for the duke's mayo bowl like that can i just get so much mayonnaise please i a, so, li- a lifetime supply you know last year they kept teasing that there was mayonnaise in the cooler dump on the winter yeah. it didn't happen yeah. you imagine shane beamer or mac brown's covered in mayonnaise <laughs> <laughs> i love it that that but Shane Beamer said he's all for it, so I'm like, I kind of want Carolina. I kind of want South Carolina to win this game. I kind of want to see it happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, main event. This is what you're here for. It's the college football playoff games starting at 3:30. The Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati, number four against number one Alabama. Again, Cincinnati's in. So yep. heaven and earth moving. Yep, everything going right for them, but Cincinnati gets in now. You just got to keep it close. Yep. That's all I'm asking. I'm not – if they can win, holy cow, biggest – it's the biggest upset <laughs> yeah. in postseason history. Yeah. But you got to keep it close. You got your play. But that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to win this game. You you have to keep it respectable. Mm-hmm. You got to keep it respectable. Ten points or less, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, Desmond River versus Bryce Young, I think it's a, a fun matchup. It's just that Alabama defense is so good. Yeah. And they have come alive late. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, Nick Saban's going to have his team up for that for sure. Yeah. And they've been here before. They know what they're doing. Uh, it's going to be a home game for Alabama, basically, because they go – in Arlington, Texas, I feel like they always pick that when it's available. They put the Cotton Bowl. So, this is going to be – I'm excited for Cincinnati. I'm scared for Cincinnati, too, though, because this yes. can get out of hand real quick. Yeah, and then we're gonna hear from everybody. Oh, never put the G five in again. It's like, listen, yeah, everybody does that against Bama. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm excited, but this game I'm excited for the nightcap. Yes, Capital One Orange Bowl, Georgia and Michigan. Georgia's defense kind of cracked a little bit. Michigan's yeah. offense has looked really good. That's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. And then, of course, Michigan's defense with Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Against uh, this Georgia offense, which, like I said, if they don't if they don't screw up the quarterback, yeah. Georgia's fine. And now, starting to look like they may have messed up at quarterback. Excuse <coughs> me. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a fun game for sure. Um, you know, Georgia wants to win, so they can get that rematch with Alabama for the championship. Mm-hmm. Michigan wanting to prove it's like, all right, we beat Ohio State. We won the Big Ten finally. Now, got to prove that you can win the postseason. Yeah, and yeah, as much as I don't like Harbaugh, um, this is this is a massive game, man. And I, I, this is gonna be so much fun to watch. I'm so ready. Mm, this this game is gonna be exciting for sure. Then uh, New Year's Day, you have the Outback Bowl, Arkansas and Penn State again. Once again, what Sam Pittman's done at Arkansas already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, insane. Uh, number 21 in the country playing in the Outback Bowl, uh, playing for our Bloomin' Onions this year. Yeah. Sam Pittman. Uh, so, we are all – I am all behind <laughs> Woo Pig Suey all the way. Me too. <laughs> for sure in that one. Uh, that's going to be a 
pretty fun game too. Mm-hmm. Two teams. Uh, one o'clock at Notre Dame and Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl. That one's sneaky good. No Kyron Williams though for Notre Dame. He said he's not playing in that game, so that's kind of disappointing to see that. But still, be interesting to see those two defenses against each other. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Notre Dame, if they can take a step forward, you know, Notre Dame only lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, so, Notre Dame was sneak quietly really good and was, you know, a couple of chances or instances away from being in the playoffs. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, also at one o'clock, Iowa and Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. This is going to be run at each other as hard as possible. Yeah. Uh, hot take, uh, bowl prediction, Kentucky by double digits. I can see that for sure because that Iowa offense is bad. <laughs> Iowa it's offense it's is so bad. bad. Um, Mark Stoops has made Kentucky consistently a really good team. Yes, Mark Stoops has done a fan-freaking-tastic job. And, you know, if it wasn't for Georgia, they'd be – they'd have a chance. And Florida in those pretty good years, they'd have a chance some years to go – Mm-hmm. Beat for championships. So if he can get over that hump, he's going to be one of the greatest coaches for sure for that turnaround. Yeah. Uh, this game, this is going to be a lot of fun. The Rose Bowl is Ohio State and Utah. <laughs> and, you know, Ohio State trying to answer some questions about, you know, yeah. didn't look great against Michigan. Yeah. And they kind of stumbled to the end of the year. Utah just turned up the pressure, blew out yeah. Oregon. It's their first ever trip to the Rose Bowl, which is always exciting for these teams. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yes, and if you if you put any weight in the transitive property, Oregon beat Ohio State. Now, that was obviously a long time ago. Ohio State's played a lot better, been a different team, mm-hmm. and Utah blew out Oregon. So, mm-hmm. so. who knows? I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And finally, yeah, the All-State Sugar Bowl, Ole Miss and Baylor. Talk about breaking the scoreboard. I'm so ready for this, this game. This one's going to be exciting. Um over under 55, <laughs> Baylor's picked the win by one and a half. Matt Corral, a lot of people say he got snubbed in the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Uh, should have been on that final four. Should have been closer on that ballot. But, man, he has a chance to prove it in his final game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Lane Kiffin, you know, always going to have something crazy to say leading up to this. <laughs> he's, yeah. been, he's been hilarious on Twitter because he's been recruiting at all these places that coaches are leaving. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this man plans this out. You know that's pictures from, like, four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, hmm. um. It's going to be wild to see again. Heck of a job that uh, Baylor has had after you know again falling off a cliff and then having to come back up, build their reputation back up. Yeah. Um, heck of a job for Baylor, and just to be here is huge for them, and this will be a big win for the Bears. Then uh, January fourth, I don't didn't realize this was a game for a while. Uh, the Tax Act Texas Bowl is LSU <laughs> and Kansas State. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is is Kansas State good? I still don't really know. I don't think so. Is LSU good? No, not really. No. LSU's got a bunch of players sitting this one out, too, so it's like, okay, well. Yeah. And then January 10th, your national championship game and Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis at 8 o'clock p.m. Um, I think, going in my prediction, I think it's going to be Alabama. I think it's going to be Alabama and Michigan. I mm. think I, uh, I think Georgia – I have questions about the quarterback is my yeah. thing that's holding me back. From moving in, I think Alabama's going to win it, whoever they play, because uh, they've just looked like the most complete team late in the season. Um, of course. I think, uh, which, of course, always happens. Nick Saban always mm. does this. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I think Alabama looks like the most complete team. Bryce Young, great end of the year, proved that he was Heisman worthy. 
And so, yeah, I think it's going to be Alabama. I think it's going to be Alabama, Michigan. Now, Waff, who do you have in the national championship? Uh, I would love uh, – well, let me say, I, I think Alabama does beat Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like you said, if Cincinnati pulls off the upset, that's monumental. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think Alabama disposes of them. Um, and then, God, that, that Michigan-Georgia game is going to be so good. Mm-hmm. I would like – I would prefer to see Michigan win it. Yeah. So we don't get another Bama Georgia rematch mm-hmm. um, because I mean we've already seen that you know happen a couple years ago and everything, which was great. It was a fantastic yeah. Oh, yeah. game. Uh, and as much as I don't like Michigan, I I really would like to see Michigan win this game. But I am going to say Georgia beats Michigan. I think it's going to be ever blinks first in that game for sure. The yeah. First first turnover, I think is going to win it. Sure. <clears throat> right. Pause all that. So that's all the bowl games. Hopefully y'all enjoy that. Hopefully YouTube TV gets their act together and we can watch those games. Oh yeah, God, they better. I'm I'm about to be pissed off. Yeah, there's a dispute right now between Disney and YouTube TV, and YouTube TV might be losing ESPN right before bowl games start. So uh-uh. no, sir. Yeah, this would not be the time to do it. They, they, I, guess I will be. I will be making the switch to mm-hmm. Fubo or something like that. Yeah, Fubo is pretty good. I've heard. So I feel like Fubo it's and, for some weird channel though, which is normal. But other than that, if YouTube TV does crap the bed and lose ESPN, <clears throat> uh, Fubo TV is one that I've heard a lot about. And going back to urinating tree, I think he has a promo code. <laughs> so Ooh, okay, uh, okay. I, I, I think he has a promo code to get like twenty percent off, or maybe like your first month free for Fubo. So just yeah, uh, keep that in mind. I think your first two weeks are free too. Anyway, so. Perfect. So, all right, there we go. Um, so there you go. If you're like us and the YouTube TV, and hopefully they get it done. Supposed to run on Friday, so hopefully uh, they yeah, have it done they, before they, that. They better figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's gonna do it for uh, this show. Uh, what thing to promote for me? I will be uh, on the radio again for Eagle Sports Network this Saturday as Carson Newman women's basketball takes on Limestone and Gaffney. Uh, that game's at two o'clock p.m. Should be a fun one inside the Timken Center between the Eagles and the Saints. Uh, and then, of course, getting the way home for Christmas. This is probably going to be our last episode before before and after Christmas for a while. Probably going to take a break here. Yeah. Um, you may see something pop up, surprise, something may pop up, but probably going to be the last in. But I'm glad y'all have listened to us. It's been a great year, of course, doing this. You know, mostly, again, this show is just for us to talk, I think. <laughs> yeah. And kind of catch up with each other. But it's also been a lot of fun to do this for sure and thank y'all for listening and watching this year and hopefully we'll have more for you next year well if you got anything you want to say uh yeah i mean it's, it's been a lot of fun doing this so far and i'm looking forward to uh keeping it going after after the bowl games and we'll be back to to recap everything and also go over everything that's going to shape up in the nfl over the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks because a lot of, a lot of movement's going to happen so excited to talk about it but i haven't i have enjoyed doing it so i'm ready to Ready to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Thank y'all for indulging us for two and a half hours, three hours, however long we sit here and talk about Yeah, stuff. if if there's somebody out there that fully listens to all of them, I commend you because I, I, I don't even know if I would listen to all of them fully. <laughs> I, but, I, I, then yeah. I probably don't even listen to all of them. Yeah. So. So. All right. Well, thank y'all again once so much for us tuning in. And we will see y'all in 2022. You've been listening to Breakfast Time with Waffle and Richard. Logos designed by Jen Perry. You can follow Richard on Twitter 
at at Ricardo underscore knows or on Instagram at RMM1996. Catch up with Waffle at at Waffdog on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time on this Bearded Broadcaster production.